Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como Enfermedad cardíaca Asma Diabetes Y tienes 19 años o más 52 36 42 Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Sands outside of Las Vegas. 
space time. Loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you. In earnest. Into the digital darkness. Yo ho, yo ho. Welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and this is the show where we're, we talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. You know what those things are? Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the upside-down this show is live. We are broadcasting on the Fringe FM. We are streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and DLive. We are taking your phone calls tonight. If you want to be part of the show at any point, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can find the phone number and the Discord link at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And uh, everything that needs to be working on the website is working right there on top. You can get the phone number and the Discord right on top. You can't miss it. And we're also uh, embedded in streaming right on the website as well. So if you want to uh, listen in there there's another option for you just go straight to the website and we should be live there also so uh as you know uh, we've been paying quite close attention to, to the news cycles it's really what we do on this show and you know um, in in the in the the true spirit of having a troubled mind it's uh you know i i know we have a, a lot of new people finding us and joining us and, and and enjoying the shows and i appreciate that a lot hello to all the new folks out there and uh hello to all the folks that are not new uh it's like i said this is a one of those things that uh, makes it go around with everybody the more people the merrier and so uh with with the troubled minds spirit we like to look at the news cycle meaning that uh th- this is not uh, like i say I'm not, I'm not a doom preacher this is not a situation where we get together and commiserate about the end of the world right it has nothing to do with that uh, uh, having a troubled mind is basically just being a concerned citizen it's as simple as that uh, paying attention to the news trying to untangle propaganda from from the bs they try and feed us in the news cycles and uh, just trying to figure out what's really going on in the world because as many of you know and many of you have been listening to the show uh, you understand that there is a a force out there and whatever you want to call them some people call them uh you know satanists or you know uh, they call them the deep state or whatever you know what i'm saying like i i say these things kind of tongue-in-cheek because you know they call them the illuminati things like this right which which is all fine and well it's it's kind of based on in my opinion a you know personal um, bias for some reason uh but we, we try and avoid all that stuff with uh with labels with uh politics with any of these things but you can avoid politics for the most part and still watch the news cycles and call out the bs when you see it and part of that is what this show is, is all about and uh, that's why we get together and talk about these things that's why we've always done it live it's uh, going on just just at, just past three years now for troubled minds and so uh, even way back in the day when we never got anybody calling or anybody listening we always had an open phone line and so as part of that and that the whole propaganda aspect uh, like i always say try and give don lemon a call in the middle of his show you can't because you won't get through because they don't have time because they have hour to hour wall to wall packed with propaganda 
right? So transparency is one of those important things to me. If you want to be part of the show again, phone numbers up, go to troubledminds.org, and that's why we've always done it this way. Uh, again, to include you, I've learned so many things from people calling in and teaching me things, educating each other back and forth, pointing out uh, maybe inconsistencies in an argument I might make. All that stuff is good. It's fine and well. It's what we do, and it's all part of the show here. So again, like I said, it's not my show. This is our show, and I appreciate your input tonight. All right, so as I was watching the news cycles, uh, of course, right, some things always catch my attention. And uh, as, as many of you know, we do a news show on Monday and Friday uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. And then this show, Troubled Minds, goes 7 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So five days a week we have shows, and Monday and Friday we do the news. Well, yesterday we were doing the news show and a particular article popped up and caught my attention. And it is this in particular. This is uh, this is from New Scientist, newscientist.com. And as always, I will share my links with you so you can see where I got this uh, this information from, uh, because, of course, it's, it's important to me that you guys know where this information comes from. So you see that I'm not making it up. If I'm fooled by propaganda, fine, so be it. But at least you saw where the source came from, right? That's a, it's, it's part of being human in this, uh, this postmodern world, I guess you could call it. Uh, post-truth world, I guess is probably the better way to say that. But okay, so this is from NewScientist.com, and the headline is this. And we've, we've kind of uh, kicked this idea around a little bit before, but really never kind of in depth. But this keeps happening. This particular thing keeps happening. Check this out. Headline is this from NewScientist.com, and this was just yesterday. Tiny animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in Siberian permafrost. Yep, that's right. That's right. And this continues to happen, right? We're talking about uh, as, as the... The world warms, right? And I'm not going to ascribe uh, that to uh, climate change or any of these other things, right? The, the political terms they use. I'm going to say that we're coming out of an ice age. How about that? I think that's probably an apt way to put this. But as the permafrost tends to melt in particular areas, in this case, Siberia, uh, we have these, I don't know, critters, these tiny little things, these animals, right? For lack of a better term, that, that are reviving there this one okay let's read some of this article so you can see exactly what i'm talking about here a tiny animal called a rotifer r-o-t-i-f-e-r rotifer let's see spelling bee right there has been revived after spending twenty-four thousand years frozen in permafrost it is the longest a rotifer has been observed to survive in such extreme cold while simple organisms like bacteria can often survive millennia in permafrost, this, quote, this is an animal with a nervous system and a brain and everything, says Stas Molovin at the uh, Pushino uh, Scientific Center. I don't think that's how you say that, but we're going to go with it for biological research, RAS, in Russia. It isn't quite a record. Uh, nematode worms have purportedly been revived from permafrost after 30,000 years. All right. Uh, but no rotifer has been known to endure for so long. So uh, Malavin and his team drilled into permafrost near the Alizea River in northeastern Siberia, Russia, in 2015. They found a single rotifer, a worm-like creature less than a quarter of a millimeter long. When the researchers warmed it up and gave it food, it became active. It also reproduced because it is a deloid, but deloid, B-D-E-L-L-O-I-D. I think it's, you think you just say it, 
uh, Deloid Rotifer that can clone itself without the need for a sexual partner. So not only, not only do we have this thing reviving after 24,000 years frozen in the permafrost, once they warmed it up and it started to eat and become active, it then immediately began reproducing asexually, right? And so, of course, this, this thing in particular, uh, it kind of gives, gives the nod back to, uh, I like to, to make the, the, the connection with uh, Jurassic Park. Remember the, the, the chaos theory guy? What was his name? Jeff Goldblum. And he said, life finds a way. And this is a perfect example of that. 24,000 years frozen in the permafrost. And uh, scientists are able to revive this thing and then it immediately begins reproducing asexually. Can you believe this? This is pretty nuts. And so as again, right, we're coming out of the ice age and some, you know, other people want to say all these other things politically about uh, climate change and global warming and the whole deal, right? I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to do is talk about if this continues to happen and we have these things coming up out of the ice and they are still alive, right? They're, they're still, they're, these things are living, right? 24,000 years frozen, like very much like you would expect, uh, you know, put somebody in a, in a rocket ship or whatever and send them to another galaxy in some sort of stasis uh, and, then, and then wake them up when they get there. Like this is something very similar, right? This is crazy. This is crazy. And so, so as a result, uh, I don't know, like, uh, so this is a, an animal, right? Again, it's got a brain, it's got a nervous system. This is not just some, some you know, tiny, tiny uh, microscopic bacteria. This is actually an animal of, by definition. And so you see what's happening here. If these animals, these, whatever these things are called, again, what is it, a rotifer, R-O-T-I-F-E-R, rotifer, you like that, spelling bee style? It, these things, if they can come back after 24,000 years frozen, it begs a couple of questions. Um, number one, if they can do it, all kinds of other bacteria can probably do this as well. Am I right? And if that's the case, how many possibly dangerous pathogens lurk beneath the permafrost as it continues to melt, continues to melt, and continues to melt? And this is this is this is the crazy stuff, right? Because you know, that, to kind of take it out to just just a, a step further is you know we have that uh, that same that same sort of um, uh, storyline, like a plot line for uh, the X Files, right? Uh, with uh, with you know the aliens are actually frozen in the permafrost up there in the uh, the uh, actually down there in the Antarctic. And, uh, you know, if you guys have seen the movie Fight the Future, I'm sure Fox, Fox Mulder is out there uh, in, in, in the permafrost, actually in actually Antarctica, where it's just frozen, frozen, frozen. And he's he's uh, looking for a particular base. Right. Where what are they doing? Well, they're harboring these alien life forms that have been buried in the in the Antarctic for forever for who knows. And so that's again, that's that's really what the topic is tonight. And and. Uh, X-Files aside, uh, this, is, this is really the way any bad you know, horror movie begins with some sort of actual uh, <laughs> um, permafrost a discovery of, of an organism that was alive 24,000 years ago. And so as this stuff starts to happen, right, the question tonight is, should we be concerned about this? And not only that, what can we do about this? I, th I think maybe, uh, you know, if you, you look out there in the cosmos and say, okay, well, um, 
the, the some people say that the reason there's no aliens, right? I'm, I'm going to just go with that theory for a minute here. So forgive my my uh, my 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 take on this, my angle. But you know, uh, some people say that the, the the Fermi paradox, right, is that well, how come we don't see UFOs and aliens zipping all over the place, right? How come they haven't landed on the White House lawn? How come they're not in my backyard right now, right? Well, the Fermi paradox says that uh, it, like space is so huge, and we have this bizarre. Uh, um, uh, tendency as advanced civilizations to do ourselves in, right? With, uh, for instance, with us, with n- like nuclear weapons, right? So if we're there on the on the brink of uh, maybe something amazing for humanity, uh, s- somehow, some way, we're going to derail it, right? And you know, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways we've talked about in the past, and very specifically, kind of in the vein of this right here is that uh, I was talking about in one of the shows several weeks back about bringing uh, soil back from Mars to Earth, right? And so we talked about, uh, you know, these level four uh, labs, these containment centers where they're supposed to be able to keep, you know, like as such an alien pathogen, like a hypothetical alien pathogen from Mars, they're actually able to keep it... uh, uh, safe. So if, if there's something in that that could turn deadly and seriously um, um, uh, like like have a high uh, rate of, uh, of exposure, right, that that uh, they, they should be able to contain these things. Except, well, we have very close in the last instance, right, uh, the last year and a half or whatever, whatever this has been now, uh, a perfect example of humans making mistakes in a level four lab, right? Whether this, this thing escaped the Wuhan lab at this point, whether it was engineered there, there's still some questions being asked about that. But you see what I'm saying here. If we keep, continue flirting with things like, oh, I don't know, bringing soil from other planets to Earth, or sometimes... If you look at something like this, what can you do about it? It's almost like there's nothing you can do because as the weather changes, as the climate actually changes, these are the types of things that become resurrected and back in the world. And so who knows, right? Like, clearly, this is a terrestrial organism. However, if we're talking about 24,000 years ago, a lot has changed since then, okay? And so if you're saying, well... Uh, this thing, you know, maybe completely harmless or whatever, whatever else. What is next? What's just below the permafrost below this guy that they found? So that's kind of the point here. Really what we're talking about. Is it uh, is it not an alien thing? Right. Because it hasn't existed in the modern world. And so I think very much we're dealing with what you might consider, even though it's terrestrial in origin, I think you might be able to consider that this, because it's so far removed in time from where we are now, that it may as well be an alien pathogen. You see what I'm saying? So, so anyway, that's that's the story tonight. That's the question again. This uh, this animal revived after 24,000 years, entombed in Siberian permafrost, and uh, of course, this is the the interesting part. The single uh, they found a single rotifer, a worm-like creature less than a quarter of a millimeter long. When the researchers warmed it up and gave it food, it became active. All right. And then it also reproduced because it is a deloid rotifer that can clone itself without the need for a sexual partner. Now, think about that. Think about that. We're, we're talking about uh, basically alien creatures here. They're, they're saying that this, this particular uh, uh, rotifer is probably brand new to science. Uh, again, because we're, we're traveling 
back in time here, 24,000 years ago. And this thing just wakes up. And so, like I said, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. If you guys have uh, comments on this, as always, we're doing this live to include you if you want to be part of the show. Phone number tonight is 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And so those are some of the questions, right? Uh, do you have any ideas uh, if we can do anything about this, period? Literally be able to do anything about this at all. I think that's probably the one thing that uh, that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit about this whole thing is that uh, we may not be able to do a damn thing about this. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, again, I'm probably wrong most of the time. So I'm putting the question to you. Do you think there's any way? Let's say that there's dangerous pathogens frozen in the permafrost from I don't know, let's say a million years ago, let's say 10 million years ago. And what happens when it, the melt becomes so, so much that these things start reviving and entering a modern world from basically back in time. And like I said, I, I think the only way to equate this would be to a, an alien pathogen of sorts because it hasn't existed in the modern world. And that just means that, well, it may as well be from Mars, right? It may as well be from Mars. So that's what we're talking about tonight. And do you really think there's anything we can do about this? And uh, I think that's probably why, uh, why you know, as being part of the Troubled Minds community here, and uh, the way this goes is, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, remember, I'm not a doom preacher. I'm not saying the end is nigh. There's nothing we can do. I'm saying, does anybody have any ideas out there about how we could possibly contain something like this as the permafrost melts and we end up doing whatever it is we're doing here, talking about uh, dangerous things that maybe people aren't giving enough attention to. So that's that's what's on deck tonight. That's the question and uh, well, several questions. And uh, we're taking your phone calls. 702-957-1037. If you want to be part of the show, join the discord at troubledminds.org and uh, we'll put you on and we've got a phone call now. So let's go to. Daryl in New York. Daryl, you are on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you, my friend? How are you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, what is on your mind? Well, it's funny. This reminds me of a, a show that I saw about raining blood in Sri Lanka. Do you remember this? I do, on actually. One of those unsolved mystery shows? I do. Yeah, they, this almost sounds identical because it was... Um, they found this organism in a meteorite that hit the hit the uh, the area, and a few days after the meteorite hit, it started to rain red, like red blood. And it turned out it was whatever was in this meteor got caught up in the atmosphere, and that's what caused the red the blood the, you know, the rain to turn red. So um, when they looked at what was involved in this, it was a, a one cell organism that self replicated, and it had no known DNA, like it didn't have DNA like human or Earth-type DNA as we know it. It was its own life form that has nothing to do with whatever we had on, on our planet. And in, um, you, know, to, as, you know, to err on the side of caution, they called up like the CDC, you know, in the United States to say, look, you know, what if this thing is, is uh, contagious or what if, you know, we don't have any kind of you know, protection against something like this, like an alien virus. Don't you do? Would you like to help us investigate this, and you know, you know, give us some money to research it? They're like, oh no, we don't have money for that. We we're too busy with gain of function. You know, no, I, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But, <laughs> right. um, <laughs> well, well, that's what they were doing, probably. I mean, if we're being real. 
<laughs> but yeah. They might as well have said it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so they, they they weren't interested because it didn't land on their on our side of the globe. You know, they didn't have any interest or at all and pretty much blew them off, you know? But yeah. uh, I think they sound almost similar that this is something that, God forbid, self-replicates. It doesn't even need a mate, so you can't cut off its... Uh, whatever, you know, it's a mating format to stop it from rebreeding. And what if it gets out of hand and, you know, creates like a, a famine or a locust or a, what do you call it, a plague, a biblical type of plague? We, we'd have no uh, protection over this. Exactly, exactly. You know? Interesting you put it in those terms to, to bring it back to like a, a resurrecting a biblical plague of sorts, because I think I think that could be what we're looking at, like specifically because, you know, like I said, like we've said on this show, like you just said, uh, our our bodies change, our, 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 our immune systems are always adapting and developing. And if you get something that the human body hasn't seen in thousands of years, it may as well be brand new again. And so uh, we, we may have serious exactly. problems here, right? Serious problems. Exactly. So it's, it's food for thought. But, you know, if they get their hands on this, they're going to find a way to weaponize it and uh, turn it into <laughs> something like we have today. You know? <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> it's, uh, before, before we even know what it is, we're going to make it a weapon. That sounds very uh, America. <laughs> that sounds very America. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, right, so. Well, anyway, that's my spot for the night. <laughs> okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, that's Daryl from New York. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for the phone call. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Great thought there. Uh, so, so the question is this tonight then. So, if these actual uh, critters, these uh, bacteria, these small, tiny, microscopic animals are basically resurrecting from the permafrost. Is there anything we could actually do about this? I think that's the question here. Is there literally anything we can do to handle this? Or is this a situation where maybe our hands are tied? And maybe that Fermi paradox exists for a reason because technological uh, civilizations actually end up snuffing themselves out even by accident in a case like this. Anyway, more talk about this weird permafrost business and pathogens and aliens and everything else this is troubled minds i'm michael strange 702-957-1037 that's 702-957-1037 don't go anymore don't go anywhere i mean more after the break be right back ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital, así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52. 
36. 42. Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and DLive. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Tonight, we are talking about this bizarre thing that just went down. Tiny animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in Siberian permafrost. Can we stop this from happening? Do you think there's any chance... Or is this possibly why well, there's no aliens out there in the universe? So they tell us. <laughs> We're taking your phone calls tonight. If you want to be part of the show, we had Daryl call in and kick us off. Fantastic call, Daryl. You're next. If you're out there listening, you can hear me right now. I'm talking to you. Give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And so there's some, uh, there's some interesting angles here. Just uh, regarding uh, these, these whatever these things are, right? This, this in particular is a rotifer that uh, they dug out uh, out of the Siberian permafrost. Uh, as uh, it was twenty four thousand years old, as they've discovered and uh, did some radiocarbon testing on this thing, and uh, it was, you know, as far as they considered it, it was dead. But they tried to to heat it up, to warm it up, to give it some food, and the thing became active. It woke up. So, uh, you know, we talk about uh, the water bears, like uh, I talked about on our news show on Monday, is that the water bears get, uh, you know. Know, the the tardigrades get the 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 very um uh, very like they, they they're they're basically known as one of the most robust life forms out there okay they say they can survive the vacuum of space extreme heat extreme cold uh radiation things like this right and so uh, they're they're even on the moon right remember that Bereshit lander from uh from Israel that actually crashed on the moon it had some water bears or the tardigrades actually on this thing because they wanted to test and see if they could survive on the moon. Well, uh, one way to test is to just cr crash land into the moon and let them 
live up there, <laughs> let them live thrive or whatever's going on up there. But uh, so the tardigrades, the water bears, they get a ton of uh, press for being so robust. Okay. We've talked about these things in that they can live for a very, very long time. And even without water in some situations, they just like kind of shrivel up and become uh, uh, in a dormant state. Okay. And they just kind of wait until uh, something happens. Some, you know, they, they get uh, reintroduced to a water source or uh, conditions for life become hospitable to them again, and they just basically come back to life. And so that's the type of thing that if we see it in nature and it already exists in something like the water bears or the tardigrades, now we have this example, and uh, this isn't the only one. There's actually other examples recently in the last uh, several years here where this keeps happening. And that, that's what kind of piqued my interest here is because this isn't the first time we've talked about this. This isn't the first time this has happened. This, this article is today. And so, uh, or yesterday, actually, June 7th. And so, so as a result, like if this continues to happen and we go as, as the permafrost freezes and gets lower and lower and lower, what do you think is down there? Right. I mean, we're talking about millions of years of who knows what the hell is down there. And so, uh, is that, you know, like, uh, to go a little biblical here is, would that be the gate to hell as this permafrost melts and you have these critters, these possibly dangerous pathogens that could resurrect themselves with the snap of a finger. And so not only that, right? In this case, you're like, okay, well, it was only one of them, right? It was, there's no big deal. It's one. They can't, you know, it's not a virus. It doesn't, you know, it's not, not a viral thing. It's not going to attach to a human host and then reproduce and all that other stuff, right? But this one, it basically, once it warmed up and started moving, it pr- reproduced asexually. This thing actually like cloned itself. And so just like that, right, you snap your fingers and by accident, let's say they miss this thing. Maybe they wake up some brand new uh, or because brand new is because old, right? Because so old, brand new uh, life form organism, something that uh, can just snap your fingers. And, you know, as it as it uh, warms up and eats and becomes comfortable and starts reproducing and then they start reproducing and you know how it goes, right? Everybody knows how the bunnies work. And so I don't know. This is a little bit crazy, a little bit crazy to me. But so the question is this. Do you guys think there's anything we can even do about this? And I, I think, you know, kind of like uh, it, it, it strikes me is that that whole Fermi paradox thing, meaning that um, they say that uh, advanced technological uh, civilizations end up destroying themselves. And that's why they're, they're not aliens zipping all over the, 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 uh, the galaxy, because they've uh, at, at some point or other, something has gone catastrophically wrong. And so whether that's, you know, uh, something like nuclear war or something like this, let's say they dug up a, uh, a, a you know, a, a ancient parasite of sorts or a pa- ancient pathogen or something that actually just changed the entire uh, scope of uh, the way the civilization worked. Uh, that, that's that's scary stuff. And like I said, uh, I don't even know if there's there something we could do about it. I think I think that's the problem here. And so maybe right. Maybe it's like um, kind of like. Uh, with with the same thing in mind of like, uh, you know, the speed of light. There's like a, you know, universal uh, speed limit, the speed of light, the speed of light in a vacuum, uh, right? Energy and mass. And as you go faster, your mass becomes larger. And so at some point, it just becomes not feasible for organic things uh, to, to, to travel that fast. Maybe uh, something like this, right? These, uh, these, these things that they're living or in suspended animation in, in, the, in the permafrost, maybe it's a similar thing that uh, maybe like a universal law or a rule uh, that basically uh, on planets like Earth or, you know, wherever, wherever else there might be life, 
that there's this cycle of things that happen where maybe uh, you end up with uh, situations like this where these these uh, dangerous pathogens do resurface. Even though this may have been a long-ass time ago, we're talking about specifically if it happens now, uh, I think we've, we all have a, a good idea of what happens in a <clears throat> pandemic, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I think in this situation, it, it may be... Uh, it may be um, uh, I don't know. A little bit terrifying, right? I think that's that's really the 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 point here and the question. But so so then, I, as I'm thinking about it, right? I was thinking about it tonight before we started doing this, and I, I just can't conceive of a single way we could even stop this. Like I, I can't. Again, I'm not I'm not the smartest dude out there. But what I'm saying is, maybe you guys are. Maybe maybe somebody out there has an idea how we might we may be able to stop this. Because think about that. If if it is like a cyclical thing. And so, uh, you know, like, like, let's say the plague, the plagues of Egypt, like that type of thing, right? The biblical plagues is that, uh, these things are basically bound to repeat themselves based on the weather cycles, based on the ice ages form, you know, everything's covered in ice. The pathogens lie dormant for tens of thousands of years. And then they start when, when everything starts to melt and they come back, um, what, what's, uh, like I said, uh, maybe, maybe this is part of the life cycle of, uh, where we're supposed to be. Maybe this is how things are. And, uh, you know, as, as we talk about with, uh, you know, just human civilization currently is that, uh, if one tiny thing happens, we are screwed. Like we are seriously screwed. Then I say tiny things, but like, uh, something like, uh, something like maybe, uh, a Carrington event, a Carrington event, right? Like a, like a sunspot, a sun, like a, a coronal mass ejection is what they're called. So, so imagine something like that happens. It burns up a bunch of satellites. It makes them uh, not functioning. Like our civilization would go to hell in a handbasket. It would happen incredibly fast. And so people, right? Uh, there, everybody out there in, in many of the first world places, first world countries in the world are dependent on GPS, on these GPS satellites, right? Dependent on everything, like on the banks working on. And so if you do anything and uh, you end up, uh, um, well, uh, derailing civilization uh, with just a tiny thing and, you know, millions of people dead or maybe more than that, tens or hundreds of millions of people. Uh, this is the type of thing that would basically be maybe maybe like I'm suggesting that uh, sort of a speed limit to civilization, right? Is that uh, you're not allowed to advance because there's this this circular um, cycle that happens uh, based on pathogens from the past, and until you can actually become, let's say, competent enough to deal with something like this as they develop then maybe, maybe that's why, maybe that's why, you know, uh, two planets over or something, you know, or on Mars, there's not still life as they said there used to be. Who knows? Like, uh, I'm just kind of throwing ideas out there. But uh, like I said, I, I can't even conceive of a single idea that would stop this from happening, right? If this, if this is literally where we're going to go with this, um, I think that uh, it's, it's a little bit terrifying because I don't know how you could bottle it up. Uh, we're talking about level four labs and stuff like that with uh, the whole Wuhan thing. And that, that got out of there, right? Uh, so again, was it released? Wink, wink, right? Was it intentional? I don't know. But it, it it's sh almost assuredly came from that lab. Well, again, that's what, that's what the propaganda is saying now. They couldn't say it last year. They're saying it this year. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, you get these types of things, and uh, I, I just don't, don't really understand. 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but uh, that's why I have you. If you guys uh, have comments, questions, you want to talk about this uh, further in depth, maybe the we're going to talk about the asexual reproduction here uh, in just a little bit. But if you want to be part of the show, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And here's the paper, actually. So there's a uh, an actual scientific paper from Cell.com. Uh, that that this is this is where the information came from. Okay, so as you know, uh, when when this stuff hits and they uh, they start talking about this stuff, there is a um, it usually comes from some scientific paper, right? So that the press will will kind of grab hold of this and run with it and do their thing, right? They're they're going to clickbait the hell out of it because that's what they do. And uh, so, for instance, this is what kind of started this whole thing was this particular paper. I've linked it in all the chats and you guys can check it out. But I just want to read this top part to you because it's uh, it's fascinating. It, it, this is exactly what they're talking about. And um, let's see, let's get that off the screen. Specifically, why, uh, why, why this why this news story happened now. OK, so here we go. Uh, the summary of this paper, again, like I said, this is from Cell.com, and this is where this whole thing started and how this got in the news cycle. So in natural permanently frozen habitats, some organisms may be preserved for hundreds to tens of thousands of years. For example, stems of Antarctic moss were successfully regrown from over millennium-old sample covered by ice for about 400 years. Likewise, whole campion plants, C-A-M-P-I-O-N, were regenerated from seed tissue preserved in relic uh, relict 32,000 year old permafrost and nematodes were revived from the permafrost of two localities in northeastern Siberia with source sediments dated over 30,000 years old. These deloid, bedeloid rotifers, microscopic multicellular animals, are known for their ability to survive extremely low temperatures. Previous reports suggest survival after 6 to 10 years when frozen between negative 20 degrees to 0 degrees Celsius. So here in this report, we have the survival of an obligate parthenogenic deloid rotifer recovered from northeastern Siberian permafrost radiocarbon dated to 24,000 years ago. This constitutes the longest reported case of rotifer survival in a frozen state. We confirm the finding by identifying rotifer actin gene sequences in a metagenome obtained from the same sample. By morphological and molecular markers, the discovered rotifer belongs to the genius Adineta, A-D-I-N-E-T-A, and aligns with a contemporary Adineta vega, isolate collected in Belgium. So uh, experiments demonstrated that the ancient rotifer withstands slow cooling and freezing for at least seven days. We also show that a clonal culture can continuously reproduce in the laboratory by parthenogenesis. Now, now again, right, this this is, this is about as much as you want to read of a scientific paper ever because, uh, you know, uh, they start uh, throwing in some, some doozies and some words. I struggled a little bit there, but, but uh, as you, as you can see though, like this, this happened and they talk about this happening back in 2015, but just now this information is, is, hitting the news cycles on the light of day because the paper has come out and they've done all the uh the actual um you know science on this and but yeah so so again it, it kind of begs the question right so if we have these uh these actual uh pathogens that could uh, you know in this case it's not a pathogen it's an animal but if we have this happening and uh there's a situation where these things can actually reproduce asexually like this one did which is again uh like like uh, back to jurassic park right uh was it malcolm ian malcolm i believe was the character's name uh, jeff goldblum life 
finds a way, right? And so I think I think this is a part of the weirdness of uh, just the world we live in. And let's see, hold on. There's a let's see, let's see. Of course, a, a bunch of articles uh, are suggesting climate change risk and you know all the rest of these things. I'm not going to get into the rest of that, but let's see. I'm going to pull this up and what are we talking about? Let's talk about where is it? Do I not have it? Yeah, let's go with this one here. Let's go with this one. So I pulled up a couple articles, actually, just just looking at this asexual reproduction thing, because uh, there are instances, of course, uh, very much like the the plot of that Jurassic Park, right? The original Jurassic Park, where uh, so not only did the the dinosaurs escape from the, the park itself, right? They were also reproducing asexually because, you know, the, the humans thought, oh, we're so smart. We're, we're only going to make the, uh, the, the, the dinosaurs all female, right? And that way they can't reproduce. And so we're able to control the populations and all the rest of this, right? Well, <laughs> well, uh, the best, best laid plans of mice and men, they say, right? Uh, so, so this uh, here, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, uh, many of you probably are, but I just want to make sure we add it to the show as a, just kind of a basis on what is actually happening out there. Now, this is what this is, uh, and this is from the actual uh, science of Jurassic Park, okay? Uh, asexual reproduction yeah, requires no fusion of gametes and needs only one parent rather than two. Instead of introducing variation, the offspring is genetically identical to the single parent. In the book analogy, which they're talking about Jurassic Park, it's like the single parent photocopying two copies of each of the chapters so they are exactly the same when compared to each other and when compared to the parent itself. Individuals produced by asexual reproduction are known as clones. Now, now that, that kind of turns this into a little bit more, um, uh, let's call it terrifying, clones. Right. We can take this into Star Wars and cloning and all kinds of weird stuff. But the, the bizarre part is this has nothing to do with any of that. Like this is a natural process. All right. An actual natural process. So we'll get into, of course, some, some of the things like uh, some of the little more fun things with this. Uh, talk about that black oil and the uh, buried in the Antarctic and, and X-Files as we go tonight. But again, uh, I want to hear from you. Do you think there's anything we could actually do about this? And as I as I'm suggesting here, do you think that maybe this is sort Sort of a planetary speed limit to civilization, to uh, progress, to actual uh, technological advancement. That this there's this maybe cyclical um, process that happens where uh, these these uh, pathogens or entities or animals or whatever you want to call them from the distant past end up being resurrected in the modern world. And of course, as a result, like I said, we saw in the past year and a half the. <clears throat> Uh, the, the pandemic or whatever you want to call it, uh, the, uh, the, the, we, we see how well, people react to this, to this, this type of thing. Can you imagine if it was 10 times worse, right? Uh, if it was a hundred times worse, like who knows, like this could be really, really, really bad. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is a, let's see, did I link that? I did link that. Okay. So in any case, that's what we're talking about. And here's another one. So, uh, this is from animalogic.ca and, uh, this is, uh, six surprising animals that can change sex, right? Of course, because they have to, uh, you know, be able to adapt to the natural world. And if they cannot clearly find mates, uh, then you have to be able to reproduce somehow, right? And so this is a, this is an interesting thing that, uh, again, it's not, it's not even like you would expect it to be. It's not even, uh, you know, like uh, do this in a laboratory or anything. This actually happens in nature. Pretty crazy stuff. So here we go. This is a, let me just burn through this real fast. Still taking your phone calls tonight. If you have comments on this, uh, what do you think? 
Uh, the main question in my mind about this is uh, it seems like this is inevitable. Um, you know, that's that's the statement. But meaning, is there anything we can do about this? Is there anything at all we can do about this? Because, this, like I said, coming out of an ice age, it seems like, I mean, you can't just like bottle up the Siberian permafrost. It's out there and it's going to do its thing and it's going to melt, right? Literally coming out of every single ice age. So it kind of makes you wonder is, is if maybe there was a, you know, maybe an advanced civilization like some people have suggested with maybe Lemuria or Atlantis or places like this, like ancient, 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 like millions of years ago type thing that were somehow maybe wiped out. Possibly, I'm uh, speculating, of course, and making a, a, a huge claim here, but maybe wiped out by something like these uh, pathogens that are uh, cyclical every, you know, several tens of thousands of years or even millions of years. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I hate to say that's our fate here, but uh, interesting stuff. So here we go. This is uh, this is I'm going to burn through this real fast. Still taking your phone calls tonight. 702-957-1037. Click the discord link. Troubledminds.org is the official website. And let's see. Here we go. Let's go to this article real quick and uh, talk about this. So six surprising animals that can change sex, right? Fish, they say fish. Of all the uh, sex changers in the animal kingdom, fish are the most well-known. For clownfish, it's very much a man's world because all clownfish are, in fact, born male. The most dominant male of the group will become female. There will only be one female per clownfish group. If she dies, then it's normally down to the largest male to change sex and take her place. And so you see, right, it's, it's very similar here, is that uh, nature finds a way to adapt, even though... Uh, you know, male and female and these things uh, for reproduction, uh, they end up uh, being, um, well, uh, let's say, let's say, what would you say? Fungible, maybe. I don't know. Uh, interchangeable. Uh, okay, so here we go. Fish, right? Oh, fish, no problem. Corals. I didn't know this. Did you know this? Uh, to jump to something a little more obscure, in 2008, it was discovered that mushroom corals can also change sex in both directions. In comparison to fish, very little is known about the sex lives of corals, although it seems quite common for polyps to bud off from the parent in a form of clonal reproduction. Whether this ability to change sex will be discovered in other coral species remains to be seen. And of course, right, uh, I see somebody in the chat there in the, the, the fringe discord uh, putting Alex Jones <laughs> with, the, with the, the frogs, the, the, the frog memes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'll get to frogs in a sec. But anyway, so, so more animals that can actually change sex here. Number four, slugs. All right. Again, I didn't know this. Did you know this? Uh, I, I knew about the frogs, right? And I think that, uh, that that's part of the, the basis of the Jurassic Park, um, the, the book, right, by Michael Crichton and the movie that... Uh, they uh, replaced some of the DNA for the dinosaurs with frog DNA. And so as a result, some of these frogs were able to change sex uh, based on whatever they needed to happen, right, to reproduce. And so that frog DNA that was built into the dinosaurs, uh, you know, Jurassic Park clearly is this fiction, but it allowed the dinosaurs, even though they were all female, to reproduce somehow. So, so here we go. So here we go. Uh, number four is slugs on this list. Amongst animals with a weird sex life, slugs are surely right up there at the top of the list. For slugs, it seems choosing one sex isn't just enough. Slugs are her hermaphrodites, having both female and male reproductive organs, which they use to mate simultaneously. Uh, unfortunately, things get even weirder with a group called the banana slugs. These slimy critters engage in apophallation, which is a scientific term for biting off the partner's penis. Yep, I said it. I said it. 
apophilation, which is a scientific term, it bears repeating, uh, for biting off the partner's penis. Some scientists have hypothesized that, that preventing the partner mating as a male again might be a selective advantage. Other than that, it's just weird. It's just it's just weird. Here we go, frogs. Back to the Alex Jones frog meme. Uh, we'll get to this, actually. We'll finish this up in a sec as we go. So we're t- tonight we're talking about uh, this, this article, right? This came out, again, New Scientist uh, reported this yesterday. This tiny animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in Siberian permafrost. And so my question tonight is, is not just this in particular, uh, because it continues to happen, but is there anything you think we could do as a human species to stop these things from occurring because I think it's only a matter of time, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as, uh, you know, Fauci and these guys have said that they, they fully expect pandemics to happen. It's just part of being in the world. But, uh, my speculation at this point is, uh, do you think that, uh, this is sort of a, a limiting factor to, uh, technological civilizations and, uh, it's sort of a cyclical thing that stops us from, uh, reaching a certain point. That's the question tonight. That's what we're talking about. And of course we are taking your phone calls. If you want to be part of the show tonight, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. More of this conversation after the break. la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space-time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you in earnest. Welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. And this is the show where we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. We do this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. We stream on DLive, Facebook, and YouTube, and broadcast live on the Fringe FM. Taking your phone calls tonight if you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can find the phone number and the Discord link at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And what we're discussing tonight is more information in the news here. An article by New Scientist says a tiny animal was revived after 24,000 years entombed in the Siberian permafrost. 24,000 years. And it got me thinking, is this part of the natural life cycle on Earth? Meaning that just like there's a universal speed limit of sorts, is there an actual, maybe a limiter? Maybe a cyclical limiter, a biological limiter that keeps advanced civilizations from reaching the point where they're long-term and sustainable. And uh, again, so the question for me is, is that uh, can we do anything about this? And if we can't, clearly, I think this may, may uh, fit my theory there, is that there's some sort of a actual like a biological limit uh, based on just the, the time frames of uh, pathogens that have may, maybe been buried in the, the permafrost, maybe pathogens that uh, are, are yet to be rediscovered from a million years ago type of thing. Like Kelly said in, in the chat there, I was reading the chat uh, during the break, and Kelly said that, um, you know, that's just uh, the Siberian permafrost. Wait till Antarctica starts melting and some of the things down there start to get out. Uh, so who knows? I mean, if that's like we're talking millions and millions of years ago, uh, like we're, you know, 24,000 years, this thing coming back to life is nothing, like literally nothing. So so I think uh, I think that's what we're doing tonight. We're talking about that, discussing whether there's anything we could even do about this. I think that's that's the question that probably bothers me the most about all this. Because I'm not sure we can. I, I just don't think that, uh, uh, you know, given uh, the, the technology we have and just, you know, so many people on the earth that is something like just horrific gets out, uh, you know, let's call it let's call it an alien pandemic of sorts. Uh, I, I, I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sure we could do a damn thing about it. So. So, yeah. Uh, so we are taking your phone calls tonight. If you want to be part of the show, uh, w- 
the, I'm asking for some ideas out there. Do you think it's possible for us to contain something like this with the melting permafrost? Again, like I said, if you want to talk about global warming and climate change and that type of thing, fine. The climate changes. It always has. It's always going to continue. And so it, when it goes in these cycles, these pathogens or whatever these creatures are, they seem to resurrect. They seem to come back into uh, the modern day life, uh, you know, for good, good, good. What, what would you say? Uh, for for better or worse, I guess. For better or worse. Now we got Rohan on the horn here. Uh, are you there, buddy? Rohan, test one two. Yeah. How yeah, you doing, just buddy? Unmuted. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm not too bad. How are you? Okay. So I'm enjoying the show. It's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is uh, there's a lot here, right? Uh, like, uh, what do you think about uh, about first about this permafrost stuff? Do you think that uh, literally there's any way around this? I mean, it, to me, it seems inevitable. Am I am I wrong there? Wow. Back me off the cliff. Wow. I, Help me out. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, but no, I am and I'm not. I see what you're saying, but uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm with that. Like, okay, I trust life and the universe. Do you know what I'm saying? And I often think it's the meddling that we do that screws things up. Do you know what I'm saying? Because nature seems to, like we said before, life finds a way. Yeah, and, uh, life wants to get more complex and interconnected. Do you know what I mean? It's a creational universe. So, do you know what I mean? I don't think we need to worry to it. We would have been wiped out already, wouldn't we? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I think I think that's, that's, that's all thinking. So you're right. And, and so there you go. Thank you for backing me off of that edge. So so we've persisted somehow. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, you can go back in certain certain points in history and there were a lot less people. And, you know, maybe maybe yeah. the, the population ebbs and flows and you can look at something like the Black Death in Europe. Right. When it killed like one out of right. three people in Europe or something like that. But, uh, you yeah, know, there you are things like that. Yeah. But sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, and the, and the talk, at least in Britain, the talk, it was the fire of London that kind of burnt it, you know, separated things a bit. Do you know what I mean? To sort of slow it down, like, but obviously that's all debatable. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so- I, think this, I think this idea, is, it's been explored before, though. So this triggered me. I got triggered, you know, I got triggered, Mike. <laughs> but it triggered me in a good way. There was an old black and white film I saw as a kid, and I've been trying to look it up for the whole show, and I can't find it. And basically it was, they found an, it's all black and white film, they found an ancient humanoid species they didn't know somebody cuts the finger blood gets on the bone the flesh starts regrowing and this thing's like some really hard to kill neanderthal do you know what i mean yeah so and so uh, and i'm thinking hang on we had that didn't you have that uh, let's reanimate them old soldiers and then we got talk of you know these giants in afghanistan that seem to be able to regenerate you know whatever and it's like hmm then it brings me into that. What is in Antarctica? Could it be the old ones? You know, the ancient <laughs> the, titans the, in there. The Stargate is buried in Antarctica that actually uh, will bring in Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, who knows? Like, like, literally, who knows? I mean, Earth is so, so old, and it's still even young by, you know, by universal standards. It's uh, it's still like again, you know. I I think I think part partially, it's fun to kind of kind of go out there on the limb and think about that stuff. Uh, but then it's also you know it's uh, like I'm saying with this, I like how you said it. Life finds a way. All right. So you could even say that uh, you know in a negative aspect like this, like the life finds a way, mm-hmm. and it might be the pathogens. It might be the a the asexual reproduction. It might be these things kind of recreating themselves uh, a resurrection of sorts after let's say a million years or something. Right. 
But then also, right, I right. think you're right. So not just that. I think in the same the same span, I think that you know the human beings are in, in some capacity maybe more robust than we give us credit for. And so thank you for for walking me back off that cliff. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, yeah, and, you, and you've kind of already well, you've already had practical experience of this with the Wim Hof stuff. So you know about you know about the sort of these hidden things. And I was just talking in Discord with someone about that sense where people are staring at you, and that's that's a known thing. Galvanic skin response, you know. So we have got stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have been pretty rugged people built America, didn't they? You know, they were a lot tougher than we are these days. (laughs) I I think that's easy to say, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I forget what you're saying with that because I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, once the Earth one time the Earth went. I got a runaway snowball effect where the whole planet was covered in ice. And it just and it, it basically created greenhouse gases, and then the volcanoes melted it off, like. But during that time, the ocean life they were doing great because some of this ice was like glass, so light was still getting through. So they were loving it, but they had no predators. And then, and then I see what you're saying there. If you get one of those things, like in the film Life from 2017 with Ryan Reynolds, they find a sample, a probe that's come back from Mars. The ISS goes and checks it out, and this thing's so OP, it's responsible for why there's no life on Mars. It's such an overpowered thing. Its whole thing, its whole body grows rapidly, it learns rapidly, its whole body is a muscle and a brain. So they just don't know how to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? And it just takes over everything. It ends up, you know, the twist at the end is it ends up going in the wrong shuttle to try and get rid of it, and it's going to crash on Earth. So it's like, <laughs> Earth's going to get decimated by one life form. <laughs> Which, you know which, so right, it's right. scary to wonder, you know. Well, exactly, but but then so okay, but okay, so so we are coming out of an ice age, all right. And so, how much of that is you know this whole this whole climate change thing? And like I said, I don't want to get into that can of worms. But so regardless, it's melting no matter what. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's part of the part of the the scary part about this is specifically not just this this critter like this one's harmless right as far as we're aware but then what about the ones that are not and kind of that back to that whole you know uh, X Files black oil the alien uh, pathogens this type of thing and like I said it doesn't even have to be alien at some point because if it's if it's literally been gone from the face of the earth for a million years and comes back it may as well be alien right I think it may as well be for exactly. Sure. Exactly, and we were. Um, I like the point that uh, Daryl made straight away because that's military thinking. Let's weaponize it because that's the first thing you think from a defense perspective, isn't it? What can you do to hurt people with it so we can defend against it? But then that takes me to Prometheus, man. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, why if you find one of them down there? You know, some old canister. Oh, look, it's a it's a Baghdad battery. Crack that baby open. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and the, the gin from the days of old. You can't let the genie out of the bottle because you can never put it back. That, that's right. You're done. <laughs> done yeah maybe maybe and uh so so i don't know like you know i've talked about in the past on a show to uh, actually bringing a pathogen from mars accidentally right because we, mm. we clearly won't know what it is until it gets here uh you know because we're going to have like a robot scoop it up and then have some kind of plan to bring the thing back but then once it gets mm. here uh you really don't know what's in it until you like you know take it into a laboratory and put it under the microscopes and do all that you know the, the radiocarbon and all the stuff on it right so i think exactly yeah but uh, yeah, I mean, so so with that said, it's it's the same sort of situation with like uh, the Wuhan, right? It's the same thing. So like we're talking yeah, about a I level was just thinking four, that. right? Right. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just thinking that same thing. I was like, well, how? I don't know. You don't need to answer this, but how far do you trust NASA to get things right? How far do you trust them to have stringent protocols and do things just right for our best interest? How far do you trust, you know, like say, a bio for weapons lab? I mean, what comes out of weapons labs? Do you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, how, like how, where, where did they get it from? How, how are they weaponizing it? What are they doing to it? Like, like there's a lot there. There's a, there's a lot that's clearly happening mm-hmm. too. Like they're doing these things. Mm-hmm. This is not, and it wasn't this, not accidents. Wasn't I seen a story recently where there was something to do with, oh, I'm going to butcher this, but there was something to do with uh, biologists to figure out how to program cells. They don't know how it works, but they can make it happen. So they're just going to do it even though they don't know the function or what it's going to, you know, what the impacts are. The fi- you know, it's a bit like that. You don't know what electron exactly is, but you can make it do stuff. They figure that out with cells. So it's like they're just going to go ahead and do it. Don't know how it works. And I think it's that kind of thinking in science that kind of gets me a bit worried. It's not the virus that scares me. It's idiots that scare me. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, like the old A-bomb, the atom bomb. It could create a cascade. It could be in the atmosphere. It might create a chain reaction and turn the Earth into a black hole. Screw it. Press it. You know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, like the CERN and that whole thing. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, uh, I think didn't China just uh, create their own artificial sun or something like this too? I mean, there, there's a whole oh, bunch of like, hey. we're, <laughs> well, I think we're, we're running down a dream and it's a bad dream. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. But, but who knows, right? This is how science is done. And so you don't know, right? You don't know when things explode until you make them explode. So Maybe, maybe that's, oh, a that's thing. it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> that's there was it. a there was a theory with the old Atlantis stuff, and there's a bit there's a, there is a, a tiny bit a bit of evidence for it. Was there's a big dip under the ocean, as if like as an asteroid hits it, big one. But I've seen where the remote viewers tried to remote view Atlantis back in the day, and they said, "Oh, what happened to it? Was they blew it up?" But accidentally, by I don't know, it's remote viewing into, it, but it's false science too. They're pretty good, and um, and they said basically they tried to create um tried to drill to the Earth's core to use it as like a thermogenerator. Do you know what I mean? And they just kind of popped a part of it, you know, it's kind of cracked it like a little balloon, popped it a bit, and then that's it. That's the end of them. You know, it's, it's so, a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. yeah, it's a wrap. And and, and that's <laughs> it. but that's that's what we're dealing with here. It's uh. So I don't know. Like uh, so, what do you think about the theory that uh, we are cyclical, and maybe this is a a way for nature to maybe keep itself from becoming, you know, technologically superior, right? Maybe maybe it's a, a, like a speed yeah. limit. Of, of biological proportions that happens on like a you know million year scale or something like that what do you think about that theory right that's a good idea it kind of reminds me of thanos you know we've got to balance the earth or kill off the people just to keep it level like sort of thing but then but then i think i had a good think about that when you said that and then i thought well same again back to the life creates oh, what does life do what does this creation universe do it's constantly looking for more interconnection constantly looking to evolve constantly looking to get more and more dense and i think I know it gets a bit into philosophy and religion and stuff, but if you're going to make a creational universe, surely you want it to do as good as it can. So if there's a limiter, in, I'm not saying there's not, but if there's some kind of limiter in place, I would propose that that's artificial. That someone's put that there. That's not a natural mechanism because the natural mechanism is symbiosis, keep evolving, right? So if there's some kind of limiter there, then that's been put there, which which then uh, is a whole new can of worms in it. Remember, can of worms inside. <laughs> then we're talking about the Matrix. Then we're, then we're talking about a world yeah. that isn't a world at all, right? Yeah, or, or aliens that have left something because they've been manipulating us and don't want us to get too advanced. And, you know, it's just, you know. But, but like I say, the thing is, though, I think, I don't know if people think about this too often, but I do. We live on a thin crust on like supposedly on a lava ball that's always shifting we're on an unstable planet around a stable star so i don't know well exactly and you know uh, i think uh, kelly said this too uh 
longtime caller of the show, actually the very first caller on the show, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he he's, he always says that uh, we're, you know we're we're traveling at you know what thirty thousand miles an hour on a rock in the middle of space or something like that. Like there's absolutely no reason for us to be afraid, and I, and I agree. Like you know like I'm not again like I said I'm not a fear monger here. I'm just I'm just trying to uh, maybe think of a way. Like maybe there's a proactive way here yeah. that uh, this can be stopped. Right. Uh, if it if it seems to be inevitable in my mind, uh, clearly somebody out there like you just came on and you backed me off a cliff, right? So life finds a way through the permafrost, but also possibly humans find a way because we're life too. So, so maybe, exactly. so maybe exactly. we've got a lot of power. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason we're like sort of the apex predator on the planet. There's a, we're not strong compared to other apes and stuff. And well, we're not apes really, you know, that's why they're different, but, uh, but we've got that intelligence, haven't we? We've got something else going on whatever you want to call it, you know, spirit, soul, some extra consciousness, human neocortex, whatever the reason. We've got a lot of the capacity to do a lot more. We, I mean, we're not like sitting in an equilibrium like all the other creatures, finding a perfect niche. We're redefining the environment to suit us. So you don't want to knock that one off. And that's, that's where ancient aliens and stuff does get in sometimes because it's always like, oh, we can't do anything. It's got to be aliens. And it's like, no, we've done a lot of cool stuff, you know. We've done that for a long time. And I think we've been here way longer than, like, 200,000 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? uh, and even Gra- Gra- Graham Hancock was uh, talking about the like, ancient uh, coming out of an ice age. He, he, t- he says he's, he's finding tons of evidence that an ancient civilization was there, okay, and survived. Right, you know? exactly. So why wouldn't some of them survive? Yeah, no, I agree. And and so human innovation, I'm, I'm going to attack onto that, like you said. Uh, so I live out here in Vegas. Everybody knows that. And uh, just just uh, south southeast of here, there's the Hoover Dam. Now, I've never been to, yeah. to Egypt and actually saw the, the pyramids with my own eyes. But let me tell you something. If you go down to the Hoover Dam and you stand on that, that concrete monstrosity, people built that thing. Like, that's what? That's like 10 great pyramids you know granted they had uh you know uh, modern equipment you know but this was done in like what the 30s or something i mean it's 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 unbelievable the things people can do so yeah yeah i'm with you i'm with you thank you for uh for for uh putting putting my head back in the right place here because like i said sometimes you sit here and you talk to yourself and you just keep convincing convincing yourself that uh the the end is nigh I saw right, Mark. I talk to himself all the time, and I still have arguments. You know? <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> uh, nobody. <laughs> that sounds about right. That totally sounds about right. Uh, okay, so so uh, I appreciate you calling, man. Anything else while we got you on here tonight? Uh, I'm not trying to run you off, no, no, but, uh, cool, but we can we can keep on talking <laughs> no, no, no. about whatever you want to talk about. No, that's cool, man. I just wanted to get them points in quick before I like forgot. Or yeah, or they just sent me mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no sweat, no sweat. Uh, I appreciate it, man. This is uh, this is Rohan, guys, from the, uh, the the Fringe chat here. You can find him on uh, the Fringe FM Discord. Go to fringe.fm slash chat, and uh, Rohan's in there. He's also in the Troubled Minds Discord as well, very active. And uh, I appreciate the appreciate the phone call, appreciate all your, your great input and all your help, man. He shares, does, does a lot for the show, sharing links for uh, everybody on the Fringe, not just the show. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, anyways, man. And I'm from the UK. <laughs> from the UK. Oh, that's right. We got a caller from the UK. That's right. Somebody in the chat said, no chance we're getting a caller from the UK. And we just did. Look at that. Uh, hell freezes over. Thanks, bro. <laughs> that's Rohan from Don't the worry. UK. <laughs> Appreciate it, my man. All right. So tonight we're talking about exactly like we have been, right? This uh, this this animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in the Siberian permafrost. So let's just revisit real quick. So not only did it uh, did they, they, they dug this thing up. 
Okay, uh, let me just read this again. A tiny animal called a rotifer had been revived after spending 24,000 years frozen in permafrost. It is the longest a rotifer has been observed to survive in such extreme cold. Uh, while simple organisms like bacteria can often survive millennia in permafrost, quote, this is an animal with a nervous system and brain and everything, says uh, Dr. Malavin at the Pushino Scientific Center for Biological Research in Russia. It isn't quite a record, though. Uh, a nem nematode worms have reportedly been revived from permafrost after 30,000 years. But no rotifer has been known to endure for so long. So that's not just uh, the only weird part. There's another weird part to this. Check this out. So not only after 24,000 years did they pull the, uh, the actual rotifer out of uh, the permafrost and it re became revived. They warmed it up. They gave it some food and it started moving. It started doing its thing. But look what happened after that. So Malavin and his team drilled into permafrost near the Elysia, uh, say this right, Elysia River in northeast Siberia, Russia in 2015. They found a single rotifer, a worm-like creature less than a quarter of a millimeter long. When the researchers warmed it up and gave it food, it became active. It also reproduced because it is a belloid rotifer that can clone itself without the need for a sexual partner. So not only did this thing uh, wake up after 24,000 years of being frozen, basically, uh, it, then it started to uh, actually uh, become, uh, it started like cloning itself. It started, it started reproducing. So after 24,000 years, like I said, life kind of finds a way. And then this thing just began cloning itself so interesting that uh these things are happening out there in the world we live in and like i said you know i appreciate that call uh rohan kind of backing me off the cliff here sometimes you talk to yourself right and like you you have a you have a hard time convincing yourself that uh the the anything you know good can come of this so, but uh life does find a way and it's not just not just uh these uh these these pathogens or these little animals that live in the you know uh, the permafrost up there as they become resurrected it's also uh humans humans persist uh, humans find a way and uh yeah so okay uh let's see uh what else do we got a little skim in the chat here seeing if we got anything else okay so that's the deal right uh so we were actually talking about the top of the hour some of the actual uh, other critters in the world that uh that can do asexual reproduction so let's just burn down to the bottom of this real fast we were on frogs of course we had the uh, alex jones meme in the uh, fringe discord there with uh, the alex jones beating his chest and saying the frogs are turning gay which you know uh, whatever you think but frogs of course so we'll, we'll say frogs and uh a spontaneous sex change has also been observed in the common reed frog in, from West Africa. And, of course, uh, part of the, the plot for Jurassic Park and how that, uh, that whole thing shook out in the, the book there. Uh, number two on this list is snakes. Uh, so uh, some snakes, some female snakes, such as the yellow-bellied water snake, kept alone in ca captivity, have unexpectedly given birth to litters of baby snakes. Known as parthenogenesis, it is a type of asexual reproduction and might have evolved as a last resort strategy when no males can be found. And talk about uh, not actually having a, uh, a or, or life finding a way. I think that's that's the craziest part, right, is uh, things like that. Uh, and number one on the list, uh, butterflies, birds, and lobsters. Uh, so very occasionally, animals can be born as both male and female. 
but these unusual cases aren't hermaphrodites. They are literally half of each sex. This is perhaps most striking in butterflies, where each wing would be a different color. Known as glandromorphs, it, it, it is most likely occurs as a mistake in very early cell division. Now, actually, gyan, let's say this right. Gyandromorphs have subsequently been found in a handful of other animals, including birds and lobsters. And so there you go. Interesting stuff here. And uh, they, you know, uh, as we said, life finds a way. Nature finds a way and does its thing. So as we're doing this, we're still taking your phone calls. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And the question is this. If something happens in a actual pathogen is revived from the permafrost do you think it's inevitable for something awful to eventually happen here that's the question tonight kind of kicking the can down the road and asking these questions and that's what we do more troubled minds after the break don't go anywhere So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We are streaming on Facebook, DLive, and YouTube. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Tonight, we are talking about 
This tiny animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in Siberian permafrost. And of course, if there's one thing, there's another thing, and there's going to be more of these as the we come out of this ice age. Again, like I said, global warming, climate change, whatever. The climate always changes and has always changed. So is this, uh, the, uh, the question I posed, do you think this is some sort of biological limiter uh, that kind of keeps uh, maybe maybe technological progress at bay? Uh, kind of like I said, I was equating this to maybe the speed of light in the vacuum, right? To where it's a universal speed limit for uh, particular reasons. But uh, I think that... Uh I think that uh, this this could be maybe a similar sort of thing uh, to kind of stop uh, not just uh, you know uh, faster than light travel or you know breaking the laws of physics, but maybe uh, it's kind of built into the the cyclical systems of the Earth to actually stop us from uh, from from doing uh, from becoming uh, you know uh, uh, whatever like like te- super technologically advanced because of course you'd have to really be super advanced to to avoid something like this as it happens. So there you go. We're taking your phone calls tonight and. Uh, one more segment on Fringe, seven, we have, which is about uh, 20, 25 minutes or so. So if you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Let's go to Matt in California. What's up, my friend? You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Doing very well. Hey, interesting topic tonight. Um, so I just want to talk about um, the X-Files. Because you said you were talking about the movie, but there's actually an episode of the X-Files. It's like the sixth episode of the X-Files. And it's where Mulder and Scully go to this lab in the snow. I don't know where it is. In Antarctica or somewhere, Alaska, in the snow. And everyone, like, everyone's already dead. And they find, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like they found a worm in the permafrost. And it's like a parasite that attacks people and makes you, uh, I guess it like turns you evil. Like it like uses you as a host and Mulder and Scully had to figure out how to beat it. And they do, of course, but well, that's cool. the X-Files episode. Nice. Is it, so if, so you're, it, if you've never seen that one, go back and look at it. Yeah. It was that season one. Do you recall? I've, I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. I believe it was like, it was like right in the beginning of, it was one of the first episodes of the X-Files. Okay. Because okay. Uh, some of those, you know, I love the X-Files, but uh, some of those, like some of those shows actually like scared me. Like that was, it was actually like a scary episode. Because it could really happen. I don't know about being like a parasite or anything, but it's what you're talking about, how they found something in the snow and the ice that was, you know, it got melted and it, it was alive, came back alive. Yeah. Which, so which... anything like this, I, anything like this, if we always jump to the bad conclusions, but uh, we're not prepared if it is something that is harmful. Yeah, well, I, I think that's obviously clear just based on the past year, right? I mean, it's something you know, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay people dying, but uh, you know, I, I talk of, talking of pandemics, uh, they could be much, much worse. Like I said, look at uh, the Black Death in Europe. I mean, cl- clearly a different time and a different age and all that, but but I mean that th- these things could be actually horrific. And uh, so I guess the good news is that I even even without uh, you know vaccines and you know uh, modern science and all the rest of that. Uh, humanity found a way through that so so maybe maybe that uh you know our, our, our strength lies in numbers and i mean you know <laughs> dead soldiers <laughs> hate to be morbid but uh, yeah. maybe that's it we can win with numbers here i don't yeah, know go ahead sorry don't like to be all i don't like to be all doomsday but i mean it, like i said we weren't prepared if it's something bad but maybe it could be something good you never know so i just want to throw out that x-files episode because if you've seen it it's exactly what we're talking about tonight it's like a worm in the snow and it's 
Yeah, it breaks loose. <laughs> and Mulder and Scully beat it. So yeah, of course. Do you know what they did? Right. Do you know what? Do you know how that that concluded? Can you spoiler alert us? How how did that happen? Maybe uh, maybe there's a I'm maybe there's a remember. clue for us. That's all right. If you don't know, that's cool. Uh, they <laughs> that's like they cut it out. It's like crawling in your skin, and they like cut it. Oh, they isolated themselves because um, whatever the pathogen, the parasite was, it made you violent, like not a zombie, but like made you like violent and like lash out to people. And so they were killing them, the other people there. But um, they isolated themselves. They like hid away because you can't trust. You don't know who they didn't know who was infected and who wasn't. There's no way to tell. And they isolated themselves, and they end up, I think they end up cutting it out of people, like with a knife, like um, sedating them and holding them down and cutting the, the worm out, and then like stepping on the worm and killing it. And that's how they beat it. And then they end up like somehow getting a signal out, and they come and save them. Nice. The, 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 the good old-fashioned knife. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes old technology works, man. <laughs> Matt, I yeah. appreciate the I call, my friend. I just wanted to put that out there. I appreciate it. Anything else while we All got right, you on the you. phone? Um, no, just, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I just want to talk about the X-Files. <laughs> right on, bro. Have a good night. Right on, bro. You too. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call. That's Matt from California. Uh, if you guys want to be part of the show, we're taking your phone calls tonight. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And, uh, you know, we're talking about this permafrost stuff and it happens, you know, it, it hits a new cycle from time to time. Again, this is from new scientist and, uh, you know, the, the tiny animal revived after 24,000 years entombed in Siberian permafrost. And just like Matt said, right, the X-Files episode, uh, it was this, this became a problem, right? This became a problem. And of course, you know, uh, I asked how they defeated it because, well, maybe now I need to carry a knife around with me because you never know. You never know we're going to have to cut, cut a, uh, a, a parasitic uh, <laughs> uh, uh, resurrected worm from tens of thousands of years ago out of your friend. You know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, all right. So, so part of this, so the weird, the weird thing is this. So not only, again, uh, if you guys are just joining us, I know people come and go in these radio broadcasts, but uh, this is what we're talking about tonight. So this, this tiny animal was revived after the 24,000 years entombed in the Siberian permafrost. But so not only uh, did it come back to life, they, they warmed it up, they gave it some food, and it started moving. But then, uh, crazy enough, it started actually cloning itself, like uh, reproducing asexually this thing. And so, right, again, it's, it was only one of them, but maybe this thing could resurrect an entire uh, entire whatever, like, like bring back millions of these things just by just by this uh, asexual reproduction thing. So, 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 uh, you never know. I think, I think that's part of the problem here is that, uh, uh, as, as the permafrost tends to melt and continues to melt, um, like I said, ice age coming out of it, it's a normal thing, guys. It's a normal thing. It, it happens every ice age. It happens, right? It, it freezes and then it melts. So here we are, but okay. And, and so this thing is, is whatever this thing is. And if it can actually just start reproducing all by itself, uh, well, we have a problem, don't we? Uh, only if this thing's dangerous, which, of course, they think this is not dangerous. It's nothing like that. But you get my point. You, you see what we're talking about here. And we were talking about Jurassic Park a little bit and how, uh, you know, the, the best laid plans of mice and men with, uh, of course, it's fiction, uh, very much like the X-Files that Matt said is fiction. However, uh, a lot of these things are based on actual science, right? Because, of course, that's how you make the scariest movie, right? You base it on something that could plausible, plausibly happen, which, of course, 
would be something like this. And so um, who knows? As this continues to happen, like there's a few articles here about it. Uh, the rotor for this is from Gizmodo. I'm going to link a couple of these if you guys want to read up on this. The actual scientific paper itself, which is pretty good. If you guys like that, you can check it out as well. Uh, but, but I mean, so basically, my question is this. How do we stop this? How do we stop these things from happening if, uh, it, like, it's, it, it is a natural cycle as part of the earth? And uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a way. Maybe there's no way. I don't know. But uh, like I said, these, you know, these ones so far haven't been dangerous as they've mel- melted uh, out of, uh, you know, the, the Siberian permafrost. But uh, as, it, as it continues and these things continue to uh, do the, the, this resurrection bit after thousands of years frozen, uh, what, could, what could be there? What could be underneath? What could be, uh, what could be part of this? And, of course, the, all this in the news, this actually hit the news yesterday, this particular uh, rotifer and the 24,000-year thing and the permafrost. But it came from a paper, actually, from uh, t- 2015. And so here's the actual scientific paper. If you guys haven't seen that, I'm linking it in the chat. And I read just a little bit of the the summary uh, when we started tonight, but um, I'm not going to do that again because the words are really big and it's really boring. So in case you're into that, there it is. There's the actual paper where this came from. So, uh, all right, what else do we got? So then we were talking about uh, the science behind Jurassic Park and not just um, not just maybe resurrecting uh, dinosaurs right through DNA and the rest of that. But also uh, the the actual uh, reproduction asexually, as these things, you know, this uh, this uh, rotifer, as they call it, uh, is resurrected from the permafrost and then Im- immediately began cloning itself um, through that asexual reproduction. So interesting stuff here. So so anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight. And we are taking your phone calls. If you want to be part of the show, you know what to do. Give me a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. We'll put you on the show, and you can talk to me and whoever else might be listening out there. And uh, like I always say, you never know who might be listening because, like I say, I look at the podcast stats, and there's people that listen in China, and I crap on China quite a lot. So it makes me wonder who's listening in China. <laughs> anyway, anyway, all right. Uh, so here we go. This is uh, some good stuff uh, with the, the science of Jurassic Park and that asexual reproduction thing, right? Remember, they spliced the DNA with frog DNA, and then they were all female in the Jurassic Park, and then they thought they were so smart because then they wouldn't be able to reproduce. But then, of course, the dinosaurs started laying eggs all over the place because, well, as uh, Ian Malcolm said in the movie, life finds a way, and I think there's uh, something to that. So we were talking about the uh, the actual animals as well that can uh, change their own sex, right? And so this is a not as rare in nature as you might expect, right? So a fish is one. Corals was another. We got slugs, frogs. Of course, frogs with the Alex Jones and the, the, the water makes the frogs gay. We got snakes that can actually uh, uh, lay eggs without a male in some cases. We've got uh, butterflies, birds, and lobsters. All kinds of different things that are able to uh, change their sex and uh, possibly reproduce asexually. So... Um, that's uh, that's what's what's up. So if you you get these things out of the permafrost and then you snap your finger, you, you, they don't they don't even need a host. They just start uh, reproducing. That's a little bit frightening, if you ask me. So um, there you go. Phone numbers up. Uh, looking to hear from you guys. A, a few great calls tonight already. Looking for a few great more. Seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Let's see. So then this is from actual worldcrunch.com. And so clearly this is one of those things where it, it is a risk. I think this is a risk going forward. I think this is something that we have to pay attention to as we, uh, as we start, um, 
you know, uh, becoming more and more uh, technologically savvy as 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 people is uh, these types of things are um, that could be extremely dangerous, including the uh, the pathogens here. And here's one. Uh, so this is from WorldCrunch.com, and this is actually a little bit old. Uh, this is actually from way back in uh, 2003 when they were talking about this. And check this out. So deadly pathogens frozen for tens of thousands of years in the soil of the Arctic Circle suddenly freed and reactivated because of global warming. It sounds like science fiction, and indeed, U.S. author Christy Eschman imagined a similar scenario as the premise for her 2015 thriller, The Laptev Virus. All right, and I know, I know, talking about uh, talking about viruses is you know not so not so funny these days, but uh, anyway, in it. Uh, Eshmahan imagines an oil company that while drilling in the far north accidentally releases a megavirus that's been dormant in the frozen tundra for 30,000 years. Death and mayhem ensue. The Laptev virus is just a story, of course. And yet, as much as we'd like to think otherwise, especially in the current context with the COVID-19 pandemic still running wild. Oh, maybe it wasn't from uh, from 2003. Oh, yeah. Wow, I can't read. It's from October of 2020. How about that? Uh, The possibility may not be so far-fetched. That, at least, is what French scientists Jean-Michel Claverie and uh, Chantel Abregel, co-founders of a research laboratory in Marseille, warn after successfully reactivating two virus. Reactivating two virus, right? Both harmless to humans that they discovered in the Siberian permafrost. So this stuff is happening. It isn't. It isn't just uh, related to this particular rotifer that was just found, right? What we've been talking about all night. These things are actually happening, and uh, they're they're actually reactivating these viruses and bringing them back, uh, basically resurrecting them, and bringing them back into uh, into uh, the current uh, the current sphere here in the current uh, current. Uh, what you call it? Uh, current time frame, and so so if they can do it, right? Here, here we go. Uh, so permafrost, of course, is the name given by geologists to this perpetually frozen and therefore impermeable soil that covers no less than a fifth of the Earth's surface, including half of Canada and Russia. It's also a real Pandora's box when it comes to microbial life, and that's the point here. That's really the point. Quote: Unlike sea ice. Permafrost offers all the conditions required for microbial life to be fully preserved for tens or even hundreds of thousands of years, says Clavery. Uh, By that he means the absence of light and therefore ultraviolet radiation, the absence of oxygen, which acts like a powerful disinfectant on microbes, a negative and stable temperature and a neutral pH level, among other things. And so the researcher uh, recently returned from a mission in Yakutia, Yakutia, I don't know how to say that, the region of Siberia where the permafrost reaches a depth of up to one kilometer. The deepest layers are more than a million years old. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here is that, uh, you know, we're talking about 24,000 years ago they're able to resurrect this thing. Okay. But now they're saying that there's, there's parts of the deepest layers go back a million years, over a million years, and that's the type of stuff that actually makes you uh, makes you makes you worried, makes you, makes me worried anyway. So, so um, what what it says: uh, diseases that no longer circulate, such as smallpox, officially eradicated since 1980, could reappear and even become endemic again. Quote, but that's probably not the worst case scenario. Clavery warns. The researcher explains that against diseases such as smallpox or anthrax with which we are familiar, we have a measure of protection in the form of vaccines and or antibiotics. But what happens if the melting permafrost unleashes unfamiliar bacteria or 
viruses. Quote, there could be pathogens with which the immune system of Homo sapiens has never had to co-evolve, Clavery says. And there you go. That's real science. And I'm not, again, I'm not making this stuff up. It's just interesting to me that when this stuff continues to happen in the news, that uh, I don't see a plan for this. I don't see, right, I don't see a task force being created in Washington, the, the Siberian permafrost task force. You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about, right? But, uh, you know, like these are the types of things that probably should, like we should, we should probably have like an international watchdog group or something that's going up there and, and uh, like maybe, who knows? I don't know. Like what would you do? Like, like I said, how would you stop this? I think that's the, that's the thing there is how would you stop this? That's the question. And so, uh, you know, other than, uh, you know, maybe be positive. Well, uh, being positive doesn't really stop terrible things, do they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they do not. Uh, exactly. What's up, Richard says, yeah, actual, actual science, right? Uh, so let's see. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I like, like when it comes down to this, I, I think that, uh, you know, throw the hypothesis out that maybe this is that uh, universal limiter, uh, you know, on planets that uh, from time to time that the cycle resets and these uh, these pathogens kind of uh, that we haven't had to coexist, uh, like like they said in the article here, uh, they do come back. And when they do, mankind has a uh, humankind has a very, very horrible time with it. So so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, go back to, like I said, Lemuria, Atlantis, places like this, uh, ancient civilizations that uh, they say existed. Uh, but nobody really knows where they went, where they vanished to. Uh, I wonder if there's some sort of uh, maybe correlation here between this, uh, this you know, cyclical permafrost melting and, uh, and uh, yeah, the rest of this stuff uh, coming and going. So anyway, I've got a few minutes left. If you guys want to be part of the show, taking your phone calls, uh, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can go to troubledminds.org. That's the official website. Click the Discord link. And uh, Shamanic says this. Yeah, this bio lab folk wet themselves when they find eradicated organisms. Make me wonder uh, why bring them back, they say, for preparedness. I say to make tons of money on weapon sales. And uh, Right? Right. I think that's part of the problem is we have this, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, humankind tries to weaponize everything. And instead, uh, we, uh, you know, uh, what, did, what did Kelly say earlier? That's why it's called a weapons lab. <laughs> weapons lab. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, as we, as we kind of wind this down, that's, that's what we're talking about tonight. And again, does it fit? Right. We're talking about Jurassic Park and the X-Files and things like this. Fiction, clearly. Right. Fiction. No problem. Of course, nobody's sweating fiction except right in, in the cases of something like, oh, I don't know, 1984. That was fiction, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was fiction. Right. Uh, what about Brave New World? You know, things like this, like at one time they were fiction. Right. Jurassic Park fiction. But at some point uh, we're going to have the actual uh, uh, uh technology to make these things happen or not make them happen if you understand what i'm saying so so i don't know like that's uh, that's part of what uh, what we do at troubled minds here like i said this is not uh, you know it may seem like it sometimes but it is not a doom and gloom and uh, it is not what we're trying to do here it's uh, trying to look ahead trying to get ahead of these things trying to be aware of what's happening in the world around us as concerned citizens i mean i think we should probably uh, you know, give a damn about this stuff, don't you? I think that, you know, like I said, there's no there's no task force in Washington watching the Siberian permafrost, right? But you see all the dumb stuff they have task force task forces for now, anyway. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know, I don't know. Like 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 as always, it kind of comes down to uh, just a a situation of of um, 
uh, being prepared of knowing what's going on and all the rest of that. So uh, there you go. Uh, what, what? Not 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 humankind. Uh, Franken Labs. Franken Labs equals money. Uh, in the chat there, Richard. Richard, what's up, buddy? All right. So we got a phone call. Let's take this and let's uh, let's finish this uh, this discussion up. Uh, what's up, Paul? Paul from New Hampshire. You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you, my friend? Hey, Mike. How are you? Good to hear from you tonight. You as well. You as well. Uh, what's uh, you, You've been listening, I hope. What's uh, what's on your mind with this uh, permafrost and uh, pathogens yeah, and all the rest yeah, of us? Yeah, I have. You know, I have been listening. And, boy, you know, there's, again, so many ways you can go with these things. And um, great subject, though, I mean, because I think, you know, I was recently talking to a friend of mine about, you know, what's going on on this planet and what's happening. And, you know, are we the Petri dish? But, you know, when you bring up science, I think some of these things have already been proven that, yeah, you have genetic alteration going on. You have these things where we can, yeah, maybe create dinosaurs. Like you said in Jurassic Park, and we're going to go with, um, you know, take some frog DNA, mix it up with a mosquito that was set in amber, and next thing you know, we got a brontosaurus walking around. Would that be a good idea? I don't know. Um, now I guess we get to the point of who's playing God here. Um, and, uh, you know, again, so many ways, is it religious, is it scientific? Um, I'd like to go with the science part of that because I guess it's more provable. It's more relatable to people that can see actual evidence of these things happening, like animals that, that change their sexes. And uh, like you said, you know, I love that thing you were talking about, um, the guy from Jurassic Park there saying, you know, life will find a way. Well, life has found a way, and here we are. And um, now we're talking about viruses, too. Um, You know, if if it was that simple, I think we wouldn't be talking about it because, you know, I'm always going to go to where I go, and that's the the UFO thing, the place where, you know, right now we're talking about fear-mongering on the fact that UFOs might be real. I mean, six months ago, we were, we were all told that disclosure was coming, and now we were here we are living in a pandemic from a man-made virus. And I'm pretty confident that I can put out the evidence to prove that it was probably man-made, and I think you're probably on the same path as I am. But uh, I think my point is, is that if aliens wanted or... If the world, if it was a soul thing, if we really are living on a prison planet, I think that's a good uh, a good way to go here. Is this prison planet thing or petri dish that that people like Linda Moulton have put out of you know all these different types of animals, insects, fish, um, the coelacanth that survived through thousands of years. To eventually become unextinct, uh, the condor, um, you know, uh, many species on this planet, right down to hominids, the missing link, that all of a sudden you have this chosen path where this is taken, that this seems to me that there's got to be some kind of intelligence inside. And, um, you know, is it God? Is it aliens? I don't know, but if there has to be somebody pulling the strings here, I don't think it's just a natural phenomenon that we're going through right now. And these things are kind of been taught by us by these movies you're bringing up. Totally. Hey, Paul, we got to go. So if you want to hang around, you're welcome to. I can mute you. We'll, we'll come back to you after we're finishing up here. 
Sounds good, Mike. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Hang tight. We'll be right back with you. All right. Check this out, guys. This is Troubled Minds on Michael Strange. Tonight, we were talking about uh, all kinds of fun stuff. It's what we do. You want to be part of the show? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening tonight, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Be sure, be strong, be true. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. Stay tuned for Joe Rook lighting the void if you're listening on the Fringe FM. If you're not and you're on Facebook, YouTube, and DLive, one more hour of troubled minds coming up. Uh, Thanks again, guys. We will see you tomorrow night. Have a great one. So you guys know the drill. We are now off the fringe. So we got another hour coming up, and we got time for you. So if you guys have uh, takes on this, and you know, it's a, it's your show too. So uh, basically, whatever you want to talk about is uh, is on the table here. Uh, we can kind of uh, this is where we can range a little bit further with the discussion and the topics. And so we got Paul on the phone. We'll get back to him in just a couple minutes here, and uh, we're looking to talk to you as well. Uh, phone number is right there: seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. That's seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. And uh, we will be right back. Two minute break and. And uh, we got Paul on the phone. We're going to go back to him and talking about this weird stuff, the Jurassic Park, the life finds a way, the uh, Siberian permafrost and all the rest of this stuff. So uh, let's uh, let's do that. Wait, that's not good. 30 plus 35 semitones. That's not good. All right. That's my soundboard. Hold on one sec. I play some music. We'll be right back. Two minute break. Go do your thing. Grab a, grab some popcorn top off your drink. Put the kids in bed. Uh, more conversation coming up in just two minutes. Be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 
music. Let's do it. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. I'm here with Paul, New Hampshire UFO hunter, and we're, we're still talking about this weird stuff, this uh, Siberian permafrost. And like I said, I know this kind of keeps coming back in the news, and it's not brand, a brand new discussion to us on this show, but I think that as these things continue to happen and get really pushed out into these news cycles and people are discovering more and more of these pathogens out there, I think, I think we have to uh, maybe start taking this seriously, that there could be a serious, serious problem here. So, so anyway, as we continue trucking here, let's go back to Paul in New Hampshire. What's up, my friend? Welcome back to Troubled Minds. Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, hanging on with me. Yeah, great conversation again, man. I love this stuff. You know that. Um, you know, it's funny as you're talking about these things and we're going on. I keep coming back. It's just like in my mind about, I think I'm, I'm looking at, you know, science more than media and, 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 you know, but then you put it all together and we look at these movies that we've watched and, you know, my mind goes to the Akasic record that there's so much more going on right now with what could actually happen here. And I think I mentioned this before, um, you had to go to commercial and that's, um, and before I wanted to drop four F bombs, by the way, but I won't do that. You can do it now. You can do it now, bro. Um, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I might go off, you know, I'm trying to stay cool here by the way, but you know, you know, you got me really thinking. And, um, I think when we go here, it's those people that, how do we find this stuff out? How did there were, there were scientists that all of a sudden came into this place that somebody implanted in their minds that we can split DNA, we can add genetics, we can do these things. And if you go to uh, what I delve in, the ancient alien theory and the fact that people have been around on this planet and the missing link, um, that, you know, it, it has to be intelligent design. This is not just a fluke. This isn't, um, you know, um, religion, I guess. Um, you know, I hate to go there because the religious people might get mad. I don't think there's probably a lot of born-again Christians out there that are going to get pissed off at me for saying this. Um, and if they are, they're hopefully smart and sarcastic like I am. And maybe we can get to the bottom of this one day. Yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, it just it seems like you look at the things that are happening on the planet right now, and especially after this vaccine virus thing that's going on, where we're being controlled by the government. Okay, there's my, there's my rant for the night. Listening to people talk, you know, about Kamala Harris going to Guatemala. Who cares? Is it going <laughs> to change anything? No, obviously not. They threw her the hell out of there. So where are we going from here? Now, do we need a better virus to get rid of the bad DNA? <laughs> or, you know, are we, are we eventually going to get... Are we eventually get to the place where everybody, the good DNA figures it out? And yeah, you know, maybe we get off this um, prison planet, if you want to go with that uh, theory. I mean, there's so many theories here on, on why and how. And, you know, it goes right back to the ancient alien theory, the moon, where it's at. I mean, there's so much evidence that I can shove down somebody's throat. They would choke on it. Especially yeah. a judge. And even <laughs> even though now, Mike, yeah, I've been judge. there. Doesn't matter. 
It's what the laws say now. It's the laws. Well, the laws of don't say this is happening. You know, I love Jurassic Park movies. I went to see that movie five times when it came out. That was like we would just, you know, go out, smoke a ball, drink a beer, and go into the movies and loved it. My buddy's like, you've got to see this movie. And I had actually read the book, and I couldn't even believe they made the movie. And um, then I read the second book, and the second movie sucked. <laughs> but yeah. they still, it's what it is. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? The first movie, yeah, it was incredible. Um, and I think, too, when you look at what's going on with mass media, the movies Marvel, uh, Marvel, another great thing, what they do, great stories. I got goosebumps right now. I've watched Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know a dozen times now because I just get bored and I want to watch Iron Man kick Thanos' ass, you know, <laughs> or yeah. Thanos come out of that thing covered in blood and go, I'm going to, you know, we need to do something about this. We need to um, wake up. And I think that's the message that they've been portraying all on whoever they is. I don't know for sure. All opinion. The Illuminati. Haven't I, haven't, you know, yeah. The Illuminati. Heaven forbid we got, come up with opinions, Mike. Heaven forbid we come up with opinions. Because yeah, we might just be right. You're, well, yeah, exactly. It's part of being wrong is sometimes you're right. Uh, a couple of great comments here in the chat. Chris says uh, uh, on Facebook, there is always a hidden truth in all so-called science fiction, kind of like a chocolate-covered almond. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, Robert adds, how convenient. Good comment. As more new pathogens are created and released on the world to reduce global population by exterminating 3 billion from the herd, thawed Arctic and Antarctic ancient pathogens can easily be blamed to cover for the evil SOBs that really are responsible for the mass killings. That's a hot take. That's a hot take, Robert. Good stuff. Good stuff there. Any uh, any comments on that stuff there? Uh, I'm about to call you Ash. Yeah, actually, yeah, a couple of great comments, <laughs> oh. Matt. Uh, you know, the first comment. Yeah, he, you know, he nailed it. The science fiction that kind of we're being educated by people that are smart enough to get it. That people, you know, I, I've always loved going on a date and meeting a girl that said, you know, I said, you want to watch a movie and put on Halloween. And I'm talking the Rob Zombie version, by the way. And, you know, which was, to me, an awesome movie until you get to the rape scene. And then she's going, oh, I've been raped. Well, you know, I don't want to get so bad. But, unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with here is this mindset that everything around us is, is bad, no matter how good it is. And, you know, and, and we do this for entertainment purposes, uh, entertainment purposes. And then the next thing you get to... Uh, is the second comment where, you know, um, I just, what do you believe in? What do you don't, Mike? I'm kind of, you know, in this place where, you know, I said it again, the Akasic record. We've all been had, you know, some kind of information implanted our, in our brains. And let me, you know, I'm sure you dream at night. I do, too. A lot of weird things happening. Um, we get to this place where, well, what is actual and what's reality? And I think right now it's a blurred line. And if you really kind of start to sift through it, you're going to get to the point where you're going to realize it's not as blurred as they want you to seem it is. Um, and we went through that with the COVID thing. Um, it's black and white. Um, yeah, people died. It was at $3 billion. No, it was... You know, 500 million in the United States. It was 
Okay, people in India are dying now from COVID because I don't know why, by the way. It seems to be a newsworthy reference that they didn't wear masks. Could that be a um, control mechanism going on? And, you know, quick story, my friend went to a band practice and and they wanted him to wear a mask and he said, well, everybody's vaccinated and they still wanted him to do it and walked out. And now he's the jerk. He's the, he's the head of the email that's going around that he didn't want to be controlled. And, and, and even though his wife controls him every night. And so, um, where do we, you know, I, I think, Hey man, yeah. hey funny man, we, story get, we get to choose. Funny wait, 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 wait. Relatable. We get to guys. choose our level of control. Come on, bro. Come on. That it, it's 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 all yeah, about right. choice. You would, it's you all would, about choice. <laughs> you would like to think that, yeah, Mike. Yeah, right. You know, that's why I'm single. So um, I'll control myself, and you know, I'm not dating anybody. But his wife would control him more than somebody telling me to put on a mask. And if she, well, don't get me wrong, if she asked me to, you know, would I do it? It depends on the situation. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, if we start losing billions of people, I think that's when, um, this is my first swear word of the night, I think, that's when the shit is going to hit the fan, when it really comes down. Because right now, as far as population goes, and as far as back as, um, viruses go and um if if we're you know killing the planet i mean how many times have you heard the word global problems warming whatever uh, environmental um while we're you know i don't want to get into the political thing but it's so easy to go from there when you know what's actually going on and the fact is is that it's all a lot of bs happening around us while we're talking about the real issues at hand, and no politician is doing it. It's just us, uh, us crazy guys in a field in New Hampshire that had a couple beers and are labeled as drunks. So um, I don't know where to go from there, but, yeah, it's um, so hard right now. Um, and very real, very real. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that's that's part of why we do this in, in the format we do. Uh, get good takes from smart people like you, because uh, you, you just can't trust anything the media does anymore. And clearly, they you know, they, they do it to, to fool us and all the rest of this stuff. And and again, right. So so you, you caught my reference. I was kind of making a joke about the task force, right, where they sent uh, you, you, you're like, oh, they sent Kamala Harris to the to the to Guatemala or whatever. Like nobody really cares. But yeah. we're, we're supposed to believe that the, this task force is supposed to do something right. The quote task force for the political stuff but my point was well how come there's no task force to to really police the situation going on in the the siberian permafrost <laughs> like i mean that's what i'm saying here well, well, well that's because mike mike that's because it doesn't change anything it's all just for votes it has nothing to do with the good or better of the human race it has nothing to, good to do with whatever's happening right now they know what's happening and this is the problem everybody knows what's happening there are people here on your show we've talked about this millions of people that are following you and i and then we get shut down censored removed from the real rhetoric of this and dare we say the truth next thing you know you're going you're getting dragged through the rocks you're going to lose your job whatever bring it because it doesn't work by the way um they can you know say whatever they want about me or you and you've got plenty of people backing you up to say the opposite 
And I think that's just the rhetoric now. It's so really, really weird what's going on right now. Um, you know, just again, you know, stars are aligning. I don't know. I'm not, um, what do you want to call it? Um, when they, when they're, you know, um, the, 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 the um, signs, the, the, the stars aligning, you're a Pisces, I'm that, whatever. Uh, Astrology. Retrograde. Mercury retrograde, bro. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, yeah, and, they, and I've seen some, yeah, and I've seen people talk about this. And um, there, are, there are some truths. There's a lot of myths. Um, so I think the key is is to you know, maybe lay off the dope in the pot once in a while and think about it <laughs> straight and, you know, <laughs> maintain, people, maintain. Hey, are, are maintain. you, are you trying to say? Liquor stores were open. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, I mean, yeah, but liquor stores were open during the whole COVID. Remember, the only thing that was open during COVID shutdowns were the liquor stores. Keep the liquor stores open except for one state and what happened there. Yeah, yeah, and not only that, that wasn't just in uh, in, in the United States. There were, there were some countries that shut down liquor stores entirely, which makes no sense to me, but yeah, whatever, whatever. And, and so, what happened there, Mike, again, proof in the pudding, Mike, what happened there, then you have a black market, you have the war on drugs, and people are, like, selling tobacco and liquor out of the backs of their cars because some countries actually did. You're so right about that. And it became more of a problem than, than health. And then you have a civil war. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then next thing you know, everybody's freaking out. Going, what the hell is going on here? Why are we going through this? Um, I know one thing. I'm still seeing people driving around in their cars that have been vaccinated wearing masks. And, you know, there's frogs out there that can change their sex to reproduce. <laughs> so if it's you like... got the COVID while you were wearing your mask in your car, you were not meant to reproduce. I <laughs> uh, I actually wear, wear my mask in my car when I'm in there by myself just because I know it pisses people off. Because <laughs> I'll put it on and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Right? You get people staring at you like they're like they're like forehead smacking like, look at this idiot, right? And I'm like, jokes on you. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid of anything. You're just a uh, you know just like 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 I always say, why do people do anything? Got to get a reaction, and <laughs> that's that's what I do. Typical, that's typical do. reaction. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, you know what? The, I guess that's the way you could, Mike. It's the way you got to look at it. I was there earlier. I'm freaked out because my bass player is calling me saying he can't play with me Saturday, and it's Laconia Bike Week, and I got all kinds of gigs going on. And he's like, oh, "I'm busy after work," and I'm like, "You're fired." And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to work." Yeah. Okay. So I'm paying you. Let's do this. We worked our lives for this. And, um, you know, I think my point there is, is that the stars align for you once in a while. We just start to see this stuff and you start to feel it and you start to realize maybe you're not as stupid or crazy as the media is telling you are, or the people are, you know, on your Facebook page, trolling you and tagging you for being, um, you know, overbounds. And then, these main media sources are jumping in on that chance to make you look bad. There's a reason. Um, it's because we're talking the truth and, and, um, and, you know, there's a reason that animals survive and, 
life goes on and dinosaurs are not walking the earth right now. Um, you know, I can't think of his name. I would just want to say his name right now. He said it. This was not a good idea. Let's not recreate dinosaurs and watch T-Rex walk out of the fence, eat a lamb, <laughs> and eat the two kids in the bottom of the car. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Paul, so you're going to be on the show this week, right? We're still doing Thursday? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, definitely. I think that sounds like, yeah, I, I you know, I was busy today, Mike. So, yeah, hit me up um, tomorrow or um, the next day on, on, um, on the other place that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Discord. I'll hit you up. Let's plan on good. Thursday, bro. Sorry. Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so we'll. Thursday sounds good. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, again, great conversation, guys. And, um, yeah, listen to what Mike has to say. And, uh, Wake up, everybody. Wake up. It's getting interesting, guys. It's getting interesting. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. That's uh, everybody follow uh, Paul. This is uh, the New Hampshire UFO Hunter. Appreciate the phone call. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Likewise, Mike. See you later. Thanks, bro. Have a good night. All right, guys, we're taking our phone calls. Uh, doing uh, t- t- Again, you know, this is kind of the part where we get to uh, let our hair down a little bit and uh, drop some F-bombs if we want to do that, talk about kind of whatever we want to talk about. Uh, the topic tonight has been uh, this, this in particular, this, uh, this actual... Uh, uh, revival of this little critter from the Siberian permafrost, right? And so we've talked about this sort of thing before, but more in the context of an alien pathogen maybe coming back to Earth from Mars, right? But in this case, uh, we don't have to bring anything back to Earth because these things are actually still there. Like these things are actually still in uh, up there in the, you know, again, uh, like uh, we were saying and Kelly mentioned earlier, uh, this is Siberia, right? This is the the North Pole. What about uh, what about the South Pole? What about what's going on in the Antarctic, uh, and what's happening with that? Uh, lots and lots of problems. Lots and lots of possible uh, terrible stuff. And uh, and then, like Matt said when he called in, uh, this is this could be like the like the X Files. There's a particular episode where there's like a little little worm like this that kind of got in. And actually, as I'm thinking about uh, at what Matt said about that that X Files episode, I think I remember that. I think I vaguely remember that episode now, uh, but uh, I'll have to go back and, and double check. But, but yeah, um, so that's what's on deck tonight. That's that's the conversation. But as you know, this is not just my show. This is your show, and we are uh, talking about whatever it is you want to talk about. Uh, this has been the topic so far. Again, uh, if uh, if you're not interested in this, well, you can talk UFOs and all the rest of that stuff. So as I was saying, so just a, a couple things here. Here's a, a pretty sweet article. This is uh, the science behind uh, Jurassic Park, and this is from uh, academic.depow.edu. So you know, more of these ap- academic websites, pretty good stuff. Gonna link this as we talk to this. Uh, what's up, Penny? Says I don't own a mask. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I bet you that probably gets you some problems in uh, in uh, <laughs> in, in uh, the UK. There. What's up, Robert? Says who was that mask stranger? Exactly right. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's that's really funny. That's really funny. Okay. And let's see other good stuff. Uh, you guys have a comment or a question or you, we want to talk about whatever, uh, whatever you guys know. This, this is your show too. 702-957-1037. Let's put the phone number up and let's read some chat here. Let's go to the chat and say hello to the nice folks who are uh, staying up late with us tonight. Um, so Chris, Chris with a fantastic comment there with the, uh, the hidden truth in the science fiction. Appreciate that. Appreciate the comment. Uh, and what else do we got? Uh, Penny says, I don't own a mask, uh, right? And then NS says, none of us do. The mask owns us. <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. 
there, there's there's the the actual uh, uh, the the com- the new comment of the night. I think we have to roll with that one because that's too good. That's too good to pass up. Let's uh, let's put that one up on the stream here because uh, double hell yes. Let's see. There it is. There it is. There you go. None, NS says none of us own a mask. Penny. The mask owns us. <laughs> and there it is. Okay, so in any case, uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. Not the masks, but uh, uh, the science of Jurassic Park. This whole, uh, again, the, the Siberian permafrost. And uh, again, back to this, right? The, the, the um, six surprising animals that can change sex, right? With, which, of course, this, uh, this actual pathogen or whatever this was, it was actually called... What is this called? A rotifer, a tiny animal called the rotifer that actually, when they woke it up, it actually didn't just uh, come come back to life after 24,000 years. It started eating, and then it started immediately reproducing, which means um, a asexual reproduction, which means it was cloning itself. And so this is the type of stuff that when it, when it happens, well, uh, there's problems, right? There's problems. All right. So what else? what else is up here that we haven't hit yet? How about this one? This is from the BBC, and uh, this is uh, this is actually so. This is not a new idea, and, and the more I looked into this, the more I kept finding older and older articles that were talking about these things. And I was like, "Come on, now! Like, is this really like one of those things where it's like, you know, the the gain of function type exercise with um, with uh, uh, the tabletop thing with uh, Bill Gates and that whole right that whole exercise, whether they kind of did the the quote pandemic or whatever that thing is." But this has been kind of out there. It's been in the air, right? And they're, they're, they're talking about this on, uh, this is the BBC.com, and that's for all you folks in the UK, because I know you all love the BBC. Uh, here we go. There are diseases hidden in ice, and they are waking up. Large dormant bacteria and vi- uh, viruses trapped in ice and permafrost for centuries are reviving as Earth's climate warms. Now, I think the thing, too, to, to note about this type of stuff is the climate alarmism, right? So, so notice how everything re- regarding this is is not framed like I say it, which is, as far as I'm aware, true, that we're coming out of an ice age and the, the world is warming no matter what we do, right? I'm not saying that, right, you, you get one point, it, but nobody ever brings that up or it accounts for that. It's like they have to blame it so they can politicize it. That's That's my point. But anyway... Uh, so, so throughout history, humans have existed side by side with bacteria and viruses. Straight from the article here, when the bubonic plague to smallpox, or from the bubonic plague to smallpox, we have evolved to resist them, and in response, they have developed new ways of infecting us. Right? That's the that's the game. We evolve. It it, it adapts and changes with the variants, and then comes to get us again. Right? That's the whole the whole game we play. Now we have had anti- antibiotics for almost a century ever since Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin. In response, bacteria have responded by evolving antibiotic resistance. The battle is endless because we spend so much time with pathogens, we sometimes develop a kind of natural stalemate. However, what would happen if we were suddenly exposed to deadly bacteria and viruses that have been absent for thousands of years or that we have never met before? And that's the question here. This continues. We may be about to find out. Climate change is melting permafrost soils that have been frozen for thousands of years. And as the soils melt, they are releasing ancient viruses and bacteria that, having lain dormant, are springing back to life. In August 2016, a remote corner of Siberian tundra called the Yamal Peninsula in the Arctic Circle, a 12-year-old boy died, and at least 20 people were hospitalized after being infected by anthrax. 
anthrax. The theory is that over 75 years ago, a reindeer infected with anthrax died and its frozen carcass became trapped under a layer of frozen soil known as permafrost. There it stayed until a heat wave in the summer of 2016 when the permafrost thawed. Uh, the, the, so the, the, this exposed the reindeer corpse and released infectious anthrax into nearby water and soil and then into the food supply. More than 2,000 reindeer grazing nearby became infected, which then led to the small number of human cases. The fear is that this will not be an isolated case. And that's, this is what we're talking about. This is the thing, right? So this is already happening. I didn't realize a, a boy had actually died. I read the, the top part of this, but not the, uh, where's, where did my, where did my thing go? There we go. That's, that's probably better. All right. But, uh, but anyway, so, so, uh, so this is happening, right? This is a real thing. Uh, so a little boy died, anthrax, the reindeer, the permafrost. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Still taking your phone calls. Uh, you want to call and tell me a scary story? I'm down for that. Uh, whatever's good at this point. It's kind of late in the night. You know how we do things and, uh, we'll, we're taking all comers. We don't screen calls. Pick up the phone and dial 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And, uh, or you can join the Discord, get your ass in here, and uh, let's, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, NS says, uh, Jesus, that title is going to get Greta in a tailspin. Yeah, exactly, right? Exa- that's exactly what I'm saying here, is that uh, a, lot of this, a lot of this stuff is kind of, you know, propaganda-laced, yeah, you know? It's a, you know, well, if you don't vote this way, the zombie permafrost is going to kill us. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's see. All right. So this one, too. uh, This is one from NPR and uh, talking about uh, these zombie viruses that are actually uh, in the the thawing permafrost. So here we go. I'm going to link this and uh, actually play a little bit of this. So if I don't want any phone calls, what I'll do is uh, uh, just so I can drink some beer and hang out with you guys for a sec. What's up, Dwayne? I see you there. Thanks for showing up tonight is uh, I'll play a little bit of the article, audio audio style, so uh, I can drink some beer and catch up. Unless you guys want to call, I'd rather talk to you, 702-957-1037. But here is this article right here, right here. So let's play just a little bit of this, and uh, we'll keep on keep on moving and talking about talking about how this stuff is actually real. And uh, like I said, there's no task force for this. Well, uh, like everything, right? I mean, you can't watch all the things, but eventually uh, it's going to come back and get you, right? Like uh, the things you're not watching. So here we go. Let's do this as I drink a little bit of beer. Now we take you to the top of the world, to the northern coast of Alaska, where a cliff is crumbling and exposing an ancient hunting site. Oh, there's another head back there. Yeah, we got a we got a head right here, a head right there, main body right here. Across the Arctic, these prehistoric settlements are being unearthed, and the reason why is climate change. As NPR's Michaeline Duclef reports, scientists are worried about something that could be lurking inside these settlements: zombie pathogens. Up on top of an ocean bluff, a team of archaeologists is trying to pull off an emergency excavation. Coming out here, we have ribs and, and vertebrae and other long bones. That's Dominique Tulo, a student helping to dig out a hunting cabin. He's found a stash of animal bones. At the other end of the house, Glynis Ong shows me where someone was storing fresh kills. So this is this seems like skin right here, right at my feet are two mummified seals. And these seals are incredibly well-preserved. You can see their skin, their whiskers, 
And this, oh, it's a little paw. Oh, it's a little paw. Everywhere they dig, there's another surprise. Holy Moses, this is ridiculous. That's Ann Jensen, the archeologist leading the team. They're at a coastal site near Ukiavik, the town once known as Barrow. They're rushing to save a piece of history before it falls into the ocean. The cliff where the cabin is buried is thawing and breaking apart because of climate change. Is that a bird? It's just bird after bird after bird stacked up in there. It's getting there. Oh, yikes. Oh, yeah. There there is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's the whole leg. Yeah. Oh, boy. This sounds like a badly scripted uh, audio drama. But uh, but anyway, this is from uh, NPR.org, and it's uh, Goats in Soda, Stories of Life in a Changing World. And so, of course, what they're talking about is uh, this uh, this expedition up there where they're talking, uh, you know, they're up there in the, the again, uh, the permafrost, and they're, they're, they're really talking about the same thing we've been talking about, which is, uh, uh, you know, archaeologists up there excavating things and maybe un- kind of uh, uncovering uh, maybe uh, maybe dangerous pathogens. So the, the headline here is, are there zombie viruses in the thawing permafrost? And this actually goes back to uh, 2018. So like I said, this is not this is not a brand new idea, obviously. But as these uh, articles keep coming out with uh, discussing all kinds of new things, like these, these critters that have been alive for 24,000 years in this uh, stasis, in this frozen state, and then they come back and then start multiplying, start uh, like reproducing asexually. I think it's uh, like, like I said, where's the tax force? Uh, sorry, tax. Where's the task force for this? Uh, somebody should be up there watching, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. So here we go. Let's uh, listen to a little bit more of this. I'll drink some beer and hang out. Still taking your phone calls. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And uh, we'll put you on the show. You can talk to me or whoever else might be listening. Let's go back to this article. Let's go back to uh, NPR, Goats and Soda, and action. Getting super stinky. The birds are thawing and rotting. Oh, that's right. One student's hands are covered in black decaying bird flesh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Their hands. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Now Jensen starts worrying about something we can't see. Avian flu. Um, The norovirus. Oh, norovirus, yes. The team realizes there could be bird flu hidden in these carcasses. You see, all across the Arctic, climate change is causing the ground to warm, soften like butter. And there are a lot of things buried in this ground, not just animals, but also their diseases. Take a break, take a break, Colleen. You're going to drive yourself nuts. <laughs> Seriously, you need a break. <laughs> Colleen Lemaitre is a student. She puts on gloves. Yeah, you should probably do that rather than go barehanded because, I mean, there's a lot of gunk in here. At this point in the excavation, something even creepier happens. A human molar appears. Wait, it's really a human tooth? Now, the site we're at isn't a burial ground. There shouldn't be bodies right here. But the tooth does make them pause because it reminds them that there aren't just animal diseases buried in the Arctic, but also possibly human diseases. Okay, I'll stop it there. But you see, right? So they're up there actually uh, doing an excavation, uh, kind of uh, digging, digging some stuff up and, and figuring out what the heck is going on. And uh, not only are they finding these animals, right, where they could have these, these pathogens that are uh, whatever, whatever it is they may be, right, uh, they're, they're actually finding a human molar. And so, of course, right, once you start finding re- remains of, uh, you know, uh, expired humans that are in, in, put in the, in, in the permafrost, I mean, uh, what can you do? I mean, uh, like, the, that's the type of stuff that you're like, oh, by the way, look, here's a molar. And everybody's like, ah, anthrax, right? Of course, not that quite dramatic. But, uh, but yeah, so that's the idea here. And that's what's going on, right? We have scientists up there doing their thing. 
And as you're digging, uh, you never know what you're going to find, right? Never know what you're going to find. What's up, Large Marge? I see you there. Thanks for showing up. And uh, let's, uh, let's play a little bit more of this. Tens of thousands of bodies hidden in the Arctic permafrost. Jensen knows this better than anyone. I've done a lot of burials. Yeah, I've probably dug as many burials as, as anybody. Some of the people buried up here, they died of smallpox. Others from the 1918 flu. Have you ever seen human remains like as well preserved as this seal? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, the little, the little frozen girl from Utkiavik, our Nyack, yeah, she was, she was actually much better preserved than the seal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The little girl was just six years old. She was carefully wrapped in a duckskin parka with a fur-trimmed hood. She had this little sled with her. She died about 800 years ago. Water had seeped in around her burial, I think, and she was, so she was basically encased in ice. We were able to take her out in a block of ice. Her body was so well preserved that Jensen shipped her to Anchorage so doctors could do a full autopsy. One of those doctors was Michael Zimmerman, a paleobiologist at the University of Pennsylvania. I've done a number of studies on frozen bodies in Alaska, and uh, when you open them up, the organs are all there and they're easily identified. It's not at all like uh, Egyptian mummies where everything is shrunken and dried up. So it's easy to see what a person died of. For the little frozen girl, it was starvation. But Zimmerman has seen infections in bodies excavated from permafrost. In one case, a mummy from the Aleutian Islands looked like it had died of pneumonia. And when he looked for the bacteria inside the body, there they were, frozen in time. We could- and there we go. So that's exactly what we're talking about, right? So it was not only uh, is it animal, dead animals, we've got burial sites, we've got people, uh, you know, that had died of human diseases. And so as the permafrost thing happens, they're up there doing the excavations. And this is pneumonia, right? It's one thing. But then imagine, imagine when you when you actually uh, like uncover that corpse that has the black oil, right? Like the X-Files black oil and the rest of that. I mean, it's like, what in the world? Like, what is going on with this? Um, uh, NS says uh, those people need a two week quarantine before they come back to civilization. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, who knows what the hell they're going to bring back here? Uh, and that's and that's uh, that's what we're talking about. It's uh, it, once once it gets into the humans, that's uh, easy to pass on, as we've seen. Right. Anybody ever figure out that asymptomatic thing, by the way? I'm just curious or right, asking for a friend. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, last last bit of this. This is again from uh, KNPR, uh, NPR. And uh, are there zombie viruses in the thawing permafrost? Microscopically in the, in the lungs. There's this fear out there that once human bodies are exposed by melting permafrost, the pathogens in them could come back to life like zombie pathogens. It's not unheard of. Anthrax can do it. It happened just a few years ago in Russia. A massive reindeer burial ground thawed, and the anthrax that killed the reindeer woke up and started an outbreak. Were these pneumonia bacteria still alive? Zimmerman tested it. He took a smidge of tissue from the lungs, warmed it up, fed it, and tried to revive it. Nothing grew. Not one single cell? No. (laughs) I was happy (laughs) because I didn't have to worry about catching anything. Zimmerman says he wasn't surprised the bacteria were dead, 
Anthrax is a special case. In general, bacteria that make people sick can't survive a deep freeze. We're dealing with uh, organisms that are hundreds of years old, at least in the stuff I've worked on. They're frozen for hundreds of years, and I really don't think they're ready to come back to life. I ask him if the same is true for viruses. I think it's extremely unlikely. We've never been able to uh, culture any living organisms out of these bodies. In 1951, a pathologist from San Francisco, Johan Holton, decided to test this out. He went up to a tiny town near Nome, Alaska, and dug up the bodies of five people who had died of the 1918 flu, a virus that killed at least 50 million people. Holton told NPR in 2004 that he cut out tiny pieces of the people's lungs and tried to grow the virus in the lab. I hope that I would be able to isolate the living virus, Holy and shit. I couldn't. The virus was dead. And in retrospect, of course, maybe that was a good thing. A good thing. But here's the crazy part. Holton tried to capture the virus twice. He went back to Alaska when he was 72. And Russian scientists like Holton have intentionally tried to revive smallpox from bodies in their permafrost. They recovered pieces of the virus, but couldn't get that to grow either. So maybe when it comes to zombie diseases, it's not melting permafrost we need to worry about but what scientists are doing in the lab. Michaeline Duclef, NPR News. Ah, there you go, right? So we don't have to worry about what's... I, notice notice what just happened there. This was in uh, January of 2018, right? 2018. And she's saying that we don't really have to worry about what's buried in the permafrost. We have to worry about what happens when the scientists get it back to the labs, right? And this type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Matt's like, yeah, let's try to grow it. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Let's, let's, try and, let's try and resurrect this stuff that killed lots of people back in the day. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, no, I mean, and this, is, and this is the problem, right? Like, back to that whole Jurassic Park thing. Uh, you know, uh, as uh, again, back to the, the chaos guy, uh, Ian Malcolm, and, which is, of course, is Jeff Goldblum in the first Jurassic Park movie. Uh, the, the, it becomes, uh, we didn't think about whether we could do it. We just did it, you know, or whether we should do it, right? That's the question is, should, should we be doing these things and trying to resurrect these ancient pathogens? And they're, they're trying to, I mean, like, think about that. Like, that's absurd. And who knows, right? Like, uh, you, you can try and find one thing, but what if, what if there's another thing entirely that's there that you don't realize is there? Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, what's up, GameVet02? I, I see there. Thanks for showing up. Let's uh, check the other spot here. Facebook, which is dwindling, dwindling. What's up, Robert? What's up, Tam Bam? Thanks for showing up. Robert says, keep in mind our immune system has had at least 100,000 years to evolve, so those primitive pathogens may likely be no match against our biological defenses, which may be true, but then also what happens if it's older than, let's say, 100,000 years of that evolution? So it's something completely alien to us. I think that's uh, that's part of the problem, right? Uh, let's go to uh, Jay in New York. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, finish this conversation up. What's up, Jay? Welcome to Troubled Minds. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. Kicking it, talking about weird stuff like we always do, my man. What is on your mind tonight? Well, the the one thing that I wanted to mention is that when you were playing that audio clip of the when they were digging there in northern Alaska, climate change, climate change, climate changes. Like they took every opportunity to get that out there, you know, every little chance, you know, exactly that it was climate change. So, and then, you know, the, we're worried about the climate change, but hey, you guys are down there. You're digging up stuff that obviously killed all these people a long time ago, and now you're poking around with it, you know? And is it 
Right. <laughs> right. And, it, it, and they're trying to revive these things. <laughs> like, what the hell's going well, on? Well, I mean, I, I've got, I think I've got a pretty scientific mind, and um, curiosity level is, you know, high. If I was out there riding around or backpacking or whatever I was doing and I saw a cab in there, I'd probably go around and start poking around, you know, just because, you know. But I don't think I'd get to a point as like, hey, you know, we found out that, you know, smallpox or the Spanish flu from 1918 killed all these people that were up here hiding from it. Let's see if we can recreate it. That sounds like a brilliant plan. It really does. I think we should spend millions and millions of dollars to try to see if we can get this stuff back alive, you know? Yeah, and that and that's what they're doing. And so notice at the end of that article, and remember, that was in 2018. She said, we shouldn't be too concerned about what comes out of the permafrost because most of it can't survive that freezing process. However, right, uh, what we should be concerned about is the scientists that get it into the lab and start doing things with it, right? And that was before... Gain of function. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, that was before this whole, you know, pandemic, quote, pandemic. So so I don't know. Like, like I, I think that... Uh, once again, right? Like we we're uh, we're our own worst enemy when it comes to things like this because it's not like like there are things we shouldn't be tampering with, right? And sure, fine, you can make the argument and say, well, you have to you know you have to do this stuff uh, for science because you have to be able to find a way to maybe defeat it eventually, right? So yeah, fine, but but like, don't we have enough like like current diseases you could probably tackle <laughs> you know, without trying to resurrect something from 1910 it, it cancer maybe yeah well Diabetes. yeah yeah there's a lot <laughs> like literally you can just pick a ton of them and just and just uh guess and decide from there uh give me give me a go ahead and uh do your uh do your uh, uh best uh best uh ronald reagan i'm gonna i'm gonna step away for a second trap my dog because she keeps running outside and barking and it's late and i don't <laughs> want her i don't want her to get shot by the neighbors give me 30 seconds man i'll be right back all right. Thank you. One of the things that I was thinking about with Ronald Reagan is uh, he always used to say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And uh, I just think that's kind of where we are with what's going on with it. Everything from the emails to the mask and everything else like that. Let's just make something up and keep ourselves going and wanting to fear everything. And, you know, let the government come and protect us. And I really don't know if they're going to do that great of a job at it because. Well, we're finding out that they're not making all the right decisions all the time, especially when they're funding. Hey, there's the dog, Luna. Um, That's but the dog. I just, Thank I really, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I see what I see what they're doing. You know, it's like how many millions and millions of dollars do you think we spend on this stuff? You know, that's a, I always go back to look at the money. You know, it's one of the things that I think about when. You look at what all these people are doing. Where's all this money come from? Who's getting all this money? You know? Yeah. Who, who got all the... You know? I, I don't want to walk down the wrong road. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about those things yet. Yeah, yeah, you're you know? good. You're good. I mean, you know, uh, there's there's only so much you can say, but... But I, I think I think that's like the you know uh, that's that's the devil you fo- you follow the money down all those paths and all the different roads, and it's not it's not good it's not a good place where uh, maybe some of this funding comes from, you know and we talk about it all the time we talk about Oprah or you know some of these billionaires, 
George Soros or Bill Gates or, you know, Jeff Bezos or whoever. Right. And we end up uh, kind of finding that uh, they're, they, they seem to be a bunch of scumbags, you know, is that, uh, you know, they're not it's not well enough for them to have, a, you know, billions of dollars. They have to be trying to control the world, you know, and I, I just at some point, can't you just like enjoy your fortune and leave well enough alone? You know, I don't know. This yeah, I'm going to build a rocket and go to Mars. Yeah. Right. And that's what these yeah. guys are doing. I mean, you you saw the news show. Like Jeff Jeff Bezos is going going into space with his brother now. It's like okay, yeah, that that's super cool, right? <laughs> like yeah, hey, after he got the government to fund them. Yeah, exactly. After they get bailed out by the government, I'm like, hey, me and my brother are going to jump in the car. We're going to go down and get some uh, tacos. Jeff Bezos is like, hey, me and my brother are going to jump in the rocket and we're going to go to space. <laughs> it's like okay, got it, got it, got it, bro, got it. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff, man. I don't know. Uh, so, so with 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 this other the, the other stuff, uh, I don't know. With like the X Files and uh, the black oil and whatever's buried in the permafrost, I don't know. Like, I'm not exactly sure the risk level, uh, but if things are coming back to life, uh, I think it's it's worth thinking about. And like I said, where's the task force for that? I want to know. Uh, I got I paid pay my taxes in full, by the way, and it hurts. And so I, I want to say, I want to, I want to, I already got skin in the game. At least listen to me when I bitch and moan. Jeez, right? Come on. Come on. Let me look at the files. Yeah, something. Exactly. You know, yeah. Without a black magic marker over half of it. Exactly. You know? Exactly right. Yeah. I don't know what don't that know. stuff with the, what's going on with the, you know, the black goo from the X-Files and stuff like that. One of the things that kind of freaks me out a little bit about stuff is that you see, the X-Files, there was a, I don't know what it was. It was Danish or something like that. It was a subtitled movie on Netflix or Amazon about people living up way up north, you know, Greenland or wherever they were. And somebody ran across something in the permafrost, you know, that was out there thawing. And it was driving them crazy, you know, making them nuts, murderers and stuff like that. And then come to find out they had this highly infectious disease, you know. Are we getting warmed up to it? You know, the poles are shifting enough that the stuff that used to be frozen all the time isn't going to be frozen anymore. And then, you know, new stuff is going to be frozen. Is they're just warming us up, you know? You know, the big pieces are breaking off of Antarctica and floating out into the ocean, you know? What went on down there? What's under the ice? And then there's all that, too. What are they doing down there? I've got all these teams of scientists, people that I know from the military and stuff like that. Come down here and cook for six months and stuff like that. You'll make $78,000 a year being a cook. You know, it, what, what are they doing? They're digging in the ice. What are they doing? They got that much money and that many people that they fly down there every year in the summertime. And they're paying cooks $78,000 a year. Exactly. What are they looking for? Yeah, well, clearly something that's going to pay for itself eventually, right? So what would that be? What would that be? That would probably be a gain-of-function type of thing that could do some damage because uh, like uh, like uh, Daryl, when she called tonight in the first call tonight, said she said, we're going to weaponize it. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Marika. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what we do, it, isn't it? Unfortunately. We weaponized everything. You know, yeah. money, you know, yeah. you know, well, everybody who's ever shot a nail gun pulls that foot back at least one time and sees if you can shoot a nail out of it. <laughs> can you? Can you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, far. Yes, <laughs> nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Far. Yeah. Yes. That's they sweet. go very far. So you could hurt somebody. 
I would recommend a finish nailer if you were really trying to do damage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not asking you that. Then, yeah. we're, not, we're not trying to do damage. We're not trying to do damage. Um, well, if it ever came to it. But <laughs> okay, right. It, <laughs> zombie apocalypse. Sticks and stone. Yeah, sticks and stone solid kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, but really, I mean, there's just, you know, what we do, you know. Did they find something, you know, up there? That's why they're digging in the ice and stuff like that. And maybe they're the ones sending the samples to Wuhan. You know, yeah, hey, right. look what we found up here. You know, we've had it under ice for, you know, three or four years in our lab. It looks like it's not going to do anything bad. Let's ship you a sample and see what you guys can do with it. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, Tam Bam, what's up? Wants to know, why are the viewers so few on Facebook? That's a hell of a question. Uh, speaking of uh, the Facebook and the viewers, notice that page has 44,000 likes and follows. And yet, uh, very few people get actually notified. And so, yeah, uh, it's games that Facebook is playing. And I'm saying it right there on Facebook because guess what? If it continues, we won't be on Facebook. So if they're going to play games with us like that, then yes, we will uh, just move to other platforms. So sorry, Facebook. If you want to be assholes, I can be an asshole back. Simple as that. But uh, yeah, thanks for noticing and thanks for pointing it out because it is, it, it's happening. Go, go back in, into the, the archives of the shows on Facebook. You'll see we used to get thousands of views, thousands of views. Now, no, <laughs> not even a thousand views. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely, we've got into somebody's algorithm somewhere and they're dwindling us down to, uh, yeah, what it is, what it is. But yeah, but yeah, okay. So, so uh, any, uh, any, uh, what else is on your mind, my man? Uh, so, anything you want to talk about? Well, that what you were just saying there. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go. Oh, on the next, yes. the, the censorship of you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seriously noticed that. One of the things that I have noticed though is that when the YouTube channel goes a little bit funky, you still, even though the Facebook page is behind a good another eight seconds than the YouTube channel. Yeah, the Facebook page will be up. Yeah, the delay is a little bit weird depending on what you're doing because it all goes to the same server and then it's a, uh, it's it's technical, but whatever, uh, whatever. I mean, uh, what's up, Elizabeth? Welcome back. Welcome back to to the show. Thanks for coming back. Uh, yeah. So so and that's and that's not just us, right? I mean, we're not getting we're getting censored clearly. It's not just us, though. So th- there are ways around. Well, I mean, I noticed lots of people. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Lots of people. Exactly. So, so, uh, so let me ask you while we, while we got you on here, Jay, what do you, what do you, what do you want to hear about in the next, uh, couple of days? Any ideas for shows this week? Cause uh, I can, I can whip something together. If you got some good ideas, always looking for good ideas. Oh, I mean, I'm the good ideas that are coming out right now, I think might be a little, got to let the mainstream media touch it before, you know, let us know what's censored in that censorship. <laughs> I like that when you're talking about the censorship, it really gets me because it bugs me, you know, so the, some of the stuff that was going around on the Discord today, you know, the little pop-ups and things like that. And I was like, wow, really? Is that, you know, that's nuts. And then if you talk about those things, I went to a customer's house today to bid a job. And uh, we started talking about politics, and we're definitely on two opposite sides of the fence when it comes to just about all of it, from the virus to the political side. And we can have an intelligent conversation together. And I was like, telling her, I start saying some of the things that I've seen on the Discord and from the BBC and Bunny Show and stuff like that. And she goes, that's not real. And I says, how do you know that's not real? And she goes, I haven't seen it on the news. And then I start throwing out the stuff about what we've seen about going on with the satellites and the launches. And what about the ring of fire in the morning? You know, all those things and stuff like that. 
And she goes, well, I don't hear about that anyway. And I says, well, what do you see on the news? Well, the, you know, the president is doing all this great stuff and, you know, vice president's <laughs> down there in, you know, South America and everything's doing great and they got warm reception and everything was cool. And then I was like, well, some of the stuff that I saw about that is the exact opposite. You know, you're getting force fed lady and you're buying every bit of it. Which is not good, yeah. which is not good. And that and that's unfortunately where people get their news from propaganda sources. And again, that's it's why we do this. That's why we do it in the format we do, because, uh, you know, smart people get together and you, you, you start to notice it, you know. Like if you pay attention, you notice propaganda. But if you don't, if you don't make a concerted effort to actually pick it out and, uh, and get, you know, like to actually recognize it, you're screwed because it's going to just come and go. And you're like, now here's the thing, right? So, for example... Uh, I'm concerned that all the Wuhan stuff about the lab leaks is propaganda at this point. So they, you know, maybe they turned and, uh, you know, maybe it's not. But basically what I'm saying is because the entire mainstream media is now running with it when they ran against it for so long. Uh, it makes me wonder, uh, suspicious about what their motives might be. And so I'm not saying it didn't happen, but what I am saying is when, once they start reporting it, that's when I get suspicious. So, And like you said, we kind of have to really follow them based on what they're saying to even know what we can talk about. But, you know, we do it anyway. <laughs> we say, fuck it, we do it anyway most times. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's good. You know, that, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's what got me hook, line, and sink there in the beginning when I started listening to your show. You know, is that, you know, wait a minute, you know, I haven't heard anybody talk about this kind of stuff this way before. This is odd, you know, and, you know, that, there's some weirdos out there. I'll tell you what, <laughs> the, I mean, but what, what you were saying about, you know, what was censorship a year ago with talking bad about the leaks and the emails and stuff like that. Really? What are they hiding? What are they trying to keep, you know, get your mind off of? And that's one of the things that. You know, back in the day where you'd watch the news, you know, 5, 5.36, and then, you know, again at 11, and that's basically all you got. So they could tell you whatever you want, and you wouldn't even know, you know, unless you were reading an article a month later in Scientific American or Popular Mechanics or something like that. Like today, we know now, you know, something happens now, and you get firsthand account of it, you know. Look at how Black Lives Matter took off with their 15 minutes later. Yeah, things with what was going on with them, That's you know, a, because of the internet. Yeah, that whole faster. Thing nuts. Well, and, and it was they were backed by, uh, you know, they keep saying they're like a grassroots movement, and it's you know, it's not. It's uh, it's backed by <laughs> billions, massive, massive funders. Exactly, it's backed by people with a lot of money, and that's why these things go viral because they can pay for them to go viral, right? And so again, like, like, don't get me wrong. Because you disagree with the movement, doesn't mean you think that racism is good. You know, it, it's the dumbest thing ever. That, you know, if you're like, well, you know, if you don't burn down buildings in Portland, Oregon, you're a racist. It's like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? What? No, uh, come on. Well, you're smashing your own stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, and we have, are you going to get a coffee tomorrow morning? Exactly. And we have we have these these folks that have been on this show. Uh, even on the show or, you know, Twitter, everywhere else, you guys have seen him. And they're like, oh, you know, I mean, those those places have insurance, you know. It's like, wait, so, like, you're okay breaking and burning things, stores, houses, places people live or whatever. Like, it, it's like it, it's so obtuse to me that people are like, oh, well, it's for a good cause, so go ahead and burn it all down. Well, okay, let's start with your house. 
Let's start with your house. Let's start with all the things, and then we're going to burn it down for a good cause. And then after that, if you're still down with that, let's go burn more stuff, you know? That's what it's about. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. So we, we get, we're, we're about, to, about to end up here finishing this. I appreciate you coming on, man. You a uh, good conversation as always. You're uh, kind of m- making my, minds go in different, my mind go in different places here tonight, which is good. It's good to kind of snap out of the same stuff. Uh, so, so what else while we got you on, my friend, uh, as we uh, wind this down last couple minutes here? Let's try to learn something that's going to be able to help you and other people. First aid, a little bit of farming, a little bit of basic skills and stuff like that. I think that, you know, for yourself, you need to be independent in as many ways as possible. You know, the last couple of 18 months, whatever it's been, you know, has taught us that, you know, they're saying there's going to be a big meat shortage now, you know, you know, be prepared, do what you can to be prepared, you know, be nice to people, do your best to go out of your way, you know, make somebody else's day. And then, you know, a couple hours later, somebody else might come down the road and go out of the way to make your day a good day. You know, or just keep a positive flow going, you know, just like with the people in the chat and everything else like that. Never really gets mean or nasty. You know, the show's never mean or nasty. People agree, disagree. It's cool. You know, keep it going. You know, if you send it off one more way, you know, that's just one more person that's going to be affected by it i, I just agree. don't know keep up the great work mike you know thank you fantastic thank you. show after fantastic show thank you that's very nice yeah. uh speaking of which by the way we had a couple of haters jump on the uh uh our uh, uh <laughs> itunes reviews and i think i was on uh, the ufo joe uh show the other day just for like you know five minutes less than that just just popped on he had like a call-in show i just jumped on there to say hi and uh, like immediately after that, we got two one-star reviews on uh, on iTunes. So uh, if anybody out there hasn't left an iTunes review, I appreciate it. If you could go do that, I know many of you have in the chat. I know, I, I know, I've seen them. I, I know who you are, so I appreciate that. If you have not, uh, we got two one-star reviews. Uh, clearly, because haters gonna hate. <laughs> but whatever, I don't. Really, in the end, I don't really give a shit. But you know, uh, if if we have a it's still a view. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. All right. So uh, well, this is the outro with Jay. I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Thanks for listening, my friend. Uh, I'm going to play some music and you're going to do your best. Uh, you did Reagan already. Let's do Churchill. Let's try that. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. I don't know Churchill that well. That's all right. What make, is Churchill? Make something up. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Just make something up. It's oh, good. my goodness. Churchill. He's like he's British, isn't he? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I know who he is. I just can't think of anything he said. Oh, my God. They were over there, you know, killing themselves for the Nazis. When you're going through hell, keep going. Keep on going. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, that was... That's Churchill. Don't let let the devil know you were there. That country (laughs) music song. If you're going through hell, just keep on going. Don't let the devil know you're there. Exactly right. I always used to say, grab somebody on your way through and drag their ass out. You know? Dust them off and send them on their way. If you're going through hell, try to pick somebody up on your way. Exactly Get them right. out of there. Exactly right. Pick people up. Stop putting people down. That's uh, that's that's one of the themes of this show. Yeah. If, if you guys do have uh, Apple accounts, iPads, whatever, uh, go. To, yeah, just go to the troubledminds.org. On the right side, there's the uh, iTunes link. Just click that, and you can leave us a review. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, it does help. It does help us uh, combat the haters. We were at 4.7 out of five, and then the two haters bumped us down to 4.5. Whatever. 
Whatevs. I have the right. kids do a review for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jay, for being here with us tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, as you know, uh, friend of the show, friend of mine, and I appreciate you very much. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. Thanks again. Everybody else, thanks Thanks for hanging out with us. I know it's a long show. Sometimes uh, the, the subject matter is punchy in the face style. But, hey, we're going to keep talking about it because some of these things need to be talked about. So as it goes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, I've been informed uh, there's a, a dust cloud on Mars that's probably going to be horrific for the next 36 hours. So I think no ash tomorrow. Uh, but uh, but in, in any case, we'll still be here doing our thing, punching and uh, thinking and talking and trying to make the world a better place. So thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for being here. And uh, you guys know the drill. Be sure, be strong, be true. Thanks again from our troubled minds to yours. Have a great night. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for hanging out with us, bro. Thanks, Mike. God bless. You too, man.